What's up? This is Scott Mellinger from Zayo, and you're listening to Discography Discussion. That's oh, really loud, dude. Yeah, I'll fix that in a minute. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I say shit real slow, too, because, like, I've, I mean, I talk fast. And if I talk fast, when I do that kind of stuff, I always fuck it up and fumble. And, like, so I found it's like the trick of. I mean, I don't have a stutter, but the trick of stutterers is to talk slower. <laughs> yeah, like James Earl Jones. Yeah. And if you believe the trick of James Earl Jones is to speak slow, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Mellinger from Zayo. Is it Mellinger or Mellinger? I've always wondered. It's Gur, actually. Gur. Excellent. Yeah, I've been right this fuck. whole time. Hey, if you listen to that Zayo episode, because I wasn't sure, I just alternated every time I said it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, dude, the, it, the German pronunciation obviously is Jur. And we, like, we played in Germany, and we, well, we played in Europe, and our bus driver was a German. Right. And when he heard my last name, he was like, ah, Melinger, good name. Right, and I'm like, oh fuck, I don't say it like that, but I'm going to. I'm just gonna let it go, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just gonna go with it. Say it like that; it's fine. But yeah, so like we pronounce it "ger," but it's I'm sure it's wrong. But like everybody's pronunciations are wrong when they came over here because nobody wanted to. You know, everybody wanted to fit in. That's okay. I'm Jeff with a G, so I get all kinds of goofy stuff. So he's he's gee off. Yeah, Yeah, I'm gee off. Gee off. Anything you can think of, man. Yeah, like Jeffrey the Giraffe from Toys R Us. That's what I am. (laughs) <laughs> when I was little, I, I thought that, well, younger, I thought the singer of Queensryche was Geoff Tate. Oh, yeah. G- <laughs> I listen to my favorite singer is Geoff Tate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I can't awesome. tell you how many fights I got in as a kid over the pronunciation of my name. I was so sensitive to it as a kid. <laughs> Sucks. Well, at least you're not a scene, you know, see Sean, that's S-E-A-N. Oh, I went to, I went to school. That's with rough. A, I went to school with a, a girl. Her name was Kissa. Her last name was Sewer. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, that's rough. Yeah, man. kiss the sewer, oh. man. I'm like, what the fuck were her parents thinking? I, I was like, oh. And she was, yeah. she was the like the most beautiful girl in school, but just because of her name, she just got trashed, like incessantly. So I was she, gonna say she got shit on, but I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there. So Dan, who are we talking about tonight? Sorry, I'm so sorry, Joe. Oh, oh yeah, keep he's it like, going. He's I don't like, care. He's like trying to run a professional. I'm here. I'm here for. He's all night. trying to run a professional operation, and I'm just guzzling beer and being like, get it out of your system. Keep going. <laughs> I think we're it's neurosis, isn't it, man? Yeah, yeah, we're talking about neurosis, right? Yeah. We are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, you're drinking water. We're drinking beer. Sorry. I see. I was going to like pour the Zao beer, and I'm like, fu- I'll just fucking get so dry. It'd be, it would suck. <laughs> Plus, we'll all be giving you the stink eye the whole time because we'd be like, we'd be yeah. jealous. Well, that shit's well, draft dude, only, and we're you know, hey, this is draft only. They, they bottled like each of us got like ten bottles. Right. That's pretty much all. Like friends or family <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of shitty. Like I'd love to have some the or more of it. To yeah. give out and sell and stuff because it's dude it's fucking good <laughs> yeah. that's what i hear <laughs> so yeah they, they, i tell you what this ipa is rather magical yeah and i'm not even an ipa guy it, yeah. it's not quite as bitter it's pretty good so <laughs> yeah i'm not i i'm an i'm, I'm kind of a stout guy like oh yeah breakfast stout all the oh, way for yeah. me man yeah 
those IPAs every time uh, I try so hard, I just can't do them. Yeah, this one's, uh, there's a local place here. Uh, they ju- they just opened up uh, less than a year ago, and this IPA is not stupid bitter. Mm, okay. It's got a bit of the, yeah. the tartness to it, but it's not stupid bitter. Mm. I can't handle the, the bitter by the overpowered hops. Yeah, like uh, I yeah. Can't. There's a, there's um, a place up in uh, New England area called Gritty's, and they have the best stout on the face of the earth. It's called Blackfly Stout. I'll have to try that, dude. Yeah, if you're ever up there, because they they uh, there's no preservatives, so they don't they don't transport any further than Pennsylvania. Wow, absolutely phenomenal if you're up that way. Have you guys have you did, uh, tried the KBS? I have it's not. Like, it's a weird special thing that only released like certain times of the year. Um, I can never get like my hands a, on it. Yeah, it's like a coffee stout that's aged oh. and shit. Like it's oh, yeah. insane. It's so good, man. But that sounds good to me. I love coffee mm-hmm. stouts. Me too. So, Jeff, how much neurosis did you listen to for the past two weeks? Uh, a lot more than I thought I was going to. I didn't realize how massive their uh, discography was until after the fact. Wow. What happened? Was Josh driving around blasting neurosis in the trunk of his car? Oh, maybe. You know what? If you actually go in the back of the trunk of Josh's car, it's actually kind of like a bachelor pad, so I was pretty comfortable back there. He must cool. live out of his car again. Yeah, it must be. Uh, that's where you've been <laughs> for two weeks. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's funnier, too, because I hadn't listened in a, in a while, um, because it's just day in and day out, it gets so old. I, hey, check out this band, check out this band, check out this band. And then like the stuff that you like liked that was formative, you never have any time to listen to that stuff. Because everybody's always, oh, check this out or check that out. And so I was like, shit, has, has it been like five years since I list, sat down and listened to a Neurosis album? Like sat there with a beer in the basement and just listened, you know? Yeah, that might be my mm-hmm. fault. I'm the one that's always making Dan go on left turns and finding weird shared from weird countries. I, that's kind of always been my listening style. But man, it was, I was really impressed on, on how much of a change Neurosis did from their early like punk years to where they're at now. It was really, uh, it was a, uh, it was a fun journey. It really was. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, it wasn't new to me. <laughs> no, it wasn't new. It wasn't new to me. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Jeff, Scott's here too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm working no, around. That's cool. I'll, I'll jump in. He's My just bad. <laughs> I mean, let me know. Let me know when I'm here. I might have had a couple before I started. Well, no, I mean, it was definitely cool. Uh, actually, I listened to. Uh, there was an album that you had to listen to with another album playing at the same time. Which oh, was times like of grace times of grace, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I listened yeah. to times of grace, and when I was listening to it for this, I was like, "This is the weak one." There's not as much layering going on. There's not as much texture to it. It was good, but it wasn't like super great. And then so I I, I had to go on YouTube to find the other album uh, to mm-hmm. play it with. And somebody somebody was nice enough to actually sync them together into one video. Uh, so I listened to that, and I was like, "Okay, there's." There's all the shit that I said was missing, you know, it's all in there. So I mean, that, that really threw me for a loop. Cause at first I was like, you know, what assholes, you know, like why would they, you know, what makes them think that they're so great that they can do this? And then, you know, you listen to the other records and you're like, okay, I, you know, I get it. (laughs) All right, Scott, why, why is uh, Neurosis so important to you? I mean, what, what made you want to talk about them on this podcast? Well, I mean, if you listen to our band, obviously, like all, we worship that band. I think, well, for me, like I remember I came in a, a little later, like not like cause a lot of my friends, I think, got into them when Enemy of the Sun came out. And it took me through Silver and Blood to get actually kept, like get it. And I remember just I was watching 
think it was like a weird Oz Fest video where they had a video of them playing Locust Star. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I mean, literally, like the just the the beginning of that song, like that nice melodic, like still creepy as shit thing. And then when it just comes in with Scott Kelly's vocal and like everything gets huge, literally from that moment, that's after like listening to Metallica, that's what I wanted a band to be like again for me. Like, so Metallica was this thing where I was like, okay, I want to, I want to play master of puppets all the time. Great. Let's do it. Then I heard neurosis and I was like, no, that is actually what I want to do. Right. For <laughs> sure. Yeah, like, absolutely. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. There's just something about, the like it's it's hard to explain because like i feel like that band is legitimately terrifying like there's not any bands that i've ever heard that don't come off as like hokey when they're being scary right and, like, it's not neurosis, cheesy it's yeah it's straight yeah, up haunting it i gets, love it it gets fucking in there man like yeah like and those dudes like they don't like they're talking about like I mean, if you read the lyrics, they're they're not really like scary, but it's just terrifying. It's the <laughs> fucking. It's a combination of the fucking layering of yep. everything. I mean, literally, there's just layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of shit going on, and so that's kind of nervous enough because like the human ear is always looking for that melody. They're looking for that, yeah. that, you know, and with neurosis, if you go in and looking for that, you will find it, but you'll find 10 other variations of it going on at the same time. And then at, at some point you, you start becoming kind of like very uncomfortable because you're trying yeah. to latch onto, it's not even that they're making scary music. I mean, they do, but like, it's not like it's, it's not that it's scary necessarily in and of itself. It, like all the parts together or all the parts, it's you know, separate. separated, but, but if you put whole. it all, if you put it all together as a whole, it, 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 I get a very unsettling feeling whenever I'm listening to it, which yeah. I, which I, you know, over the years have trained myself to enjoy, you know, <laughs> like, cause it's, it's well, part of the experience too with me. Like, so I'm I'm always drawn to like vocalists too because it's really hard for me to like. I I mean I enjoy screaming vocals, but like it has to be a specific way for me to really like it. Sure. And the way they do it, like Scott and Steve's vocal, they almost sound like one person a lot of the time when they're doing their screams. But but honestly, dude, like when Dave Edwardson sings. There are people that like, you know, do like death metal guttural vocals. Mm -hmm. That guy sounds like he talks like that. Right. Yeah. That's his actual <laughs> fucking that's voice. His, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. his voice. He doesn't, there's no, there's no shit on there. Like he is, that is like legitimately him doing that. And like, you can even watch the videos like recently when he sings the parts that he's supposed to, like in Locust Star at the end of it. Like, dude, it's just that's he's fucking insane like i don't know right. where that comes from and I, like i've never heard anybody actually be able to do that without doing like a f fake like tempo change for the vocals to get like low like that right just, yeah that just comes naturally which a lot in, in a lot of metal it's very forced yep you know it's forced yep. in yeah. there and um and yeah i don't hear the word forced is definitely something i never hear in neurosis i don't ever feel like i don't ever feel like they're in yeah. a hurry they're never like, well, okay, we got to speed this shit up so that people can jump into a pit, you know. Like it's never, it's no, never like, it's yeah. not even on the on the radar. You mean and, like Cannibal Corpse? 
<laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. But talk uh, about forced. <laughs> well, yeah, but like with neurosis, it's definitely like because we talked about a band a couple weeks ago called Callisto that plays a very a, a very um, watered down kind of version of what neurosis kind of started with the whole. I guess if you want to call it post metal or whatever. Yeah, I always call okay. it, I always just call it doom metal hardcore because that's what it sounds like to me. You know? Yeah, um, I, I hate. I like. I give up on all that stuff anymore. Like, but I, I hear you. Oh, you're talking yeah. my language. I I hate trying to pigeonhole and try to say a band is one particular thing like it's either it's good yeah. or it's not well i'm not going to argue with yeah. somebody in the yeah. street about it you know but like for for mm-hmm. my own personal like if i'm trying to describe it to one of my buddies or whatever i just kind of call it whatever it sounds like to me and so when i listen to neurosis i hear elements of doom metal but then i also mm-hmm. hear elements of hardcore still uh especially on the yep. earlier records and oh, yeah uh, well scott answer this question then sure. for years i've heard the misfits be referred to as horror core. And I've heard Rob Zombie say he wants to be horror core, but let's be honest, he's not. Uh, yeah. Well, if the misfits are horror core, what would you call neurosis? Cause the what misfits are that? a punk band and neurosis is yeah, just scary. And see, <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's a the, man, like the misfits like version of horror core, even when like they were back and Danzig was singing for them, they were I think they claim it because they were singing about horror movies. I don't think the Misfits ever was scary, really. I look at it like this. So, like, the Misfits would probably be like a Saw movie, okay? And Neurosis would be like a legit documentary on a serial killer. Horrorcore, to me, if that's what they're going to call themselves, I think it, it really doesn't have anything to do with anything other than they just sing about horror movies. Like, Neurosis is just fucking scary. So you're saying the Misfits is Tobin Bell and Neurosis is H. H. Holmes? Yeah, I was gonna say H. Yes. H. Holmes. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah and, now, and now that they're trying to say H. H. Holmes was also Jack the Ripper. Did Jack, you guys, yeah, I saw did that. you guys see that? Yeah, you know, I it, did see it doesn't that. help either that like the entire time I was listening to Neurosis because I'm like really obsessed with like uh, with like true crime stuff. Dude, I just watched like I watch documentaries all the time because like I've got to a point where I love horror movies. Me and Dan talk about it all the time. I love them. But like nothing, nothing affects me really. Like I'll watch a horror movie and I'll just I'll either just like it, but it doesn't really necessarily affect me. Yeah, sometimes I laugh like because they're just so <laughs> yeah. funny, you know. Because it's so yeah. It's yeah. not that I like love and, killing people, but you know what I mean. It's like yeah, you know, it's but just I'm comedic like, how I'm they went about the spe- it. Like I love I love makeup effects and special effects, so I love the gore for that aspect. I'm not like watching it to like. It doesn't do anything to me. I'm totally desensitized. So I, me and Dan, Dan, like I'm like, dude, I want to find. Like I'm, I'm starting to watch documentaries because like when you have like real shit happen and you're watching them, it just it legitimately fucks with me. Like I watched this one yesterday. Um, I forget the name of it, but it was basically an HBO documentary that this dad made, and his son committed suicide. So it's like him. It's a documentary like showing this kid growing up and like all the signs of like his depression and like Ugh. bipolar disorder and then he eventually commits wow. suicide and like I, it's fucking yeah. I'm I, like I've, I've been screwed up for two days watching it but like yeah i don't know why it just but i feel like alive when i watch that stuff because right. it's like so affecting well like, by doc- comparison too it almost makes you happy like for yeah, where you're like, at versus this, yep. this fucked up stuff that's going on you yeah. know yeah yeah like there's there was a documentary that i always tell everybody to watch called dear zachary and I don't want to say anything about it. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it without knowing anything. And you can watch it for free on YouTube. But it happened like near my house. Like I could, yeah, I can go to the house that this 
stuff like sort of happened and it's like right there so it like it's like proximity to me like messes with me and it's literally one of like buzzfeed had it as like one of the most disturbing documentaries ever it is just it's heartbreaking the whole time there's nothing good about it like but it's it's so affecting and it like I've had people come up to me and be like, oh, thanks for telling me to watch that. You're, you're a piece of shit. Like, it ruined, like, my whole week. Okay, so true story. I I only watched the first half of that documentary at a friend's mm. house. And I was like, yeah, oh, okay. this is so good. I'm going to go ahead, me and the wife are going to sit down and watch it later. Oh. Uh, oh. She still brings that shit up. I mean, to this <laughs> day, know. it's like, why the hell would you sit me down and make me watch something like that? I mean, she's bawling at the end of it, and I'm oh, bawling, dude. and we're just like, yeah. oh, well, my was, God. like crushed. It was so was fucked crushed. up. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Ugh. But, dude, don't, like, And that was before like I had like, kids, you know, like. Yep, ugh. yeah. Like, you feel, like, I felt, a, like, I cried so hard, it felt like therapy. Because yeah. it was so brutal. Yeah, it was rough. But, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no it's okay, man. Right. I, I think it fits, because I've been, like I was saying, I, I've been watching stuff like that with neurosis on in the background or i've been reading yeah. about reading about serial killers and shit on you know on mostly wikipedia if i'm at work which yep. sometimes throws up a red flag to the it department you know but yeah, like. but that well, but that's it that's like my point like that feeling even though like neurosis isn't doing anything just like that i mean but obviously but the, the way their music makes me feel is like that it's like there's a there's this really like real terrifying edge to it and it's not like they're like because what, what i think draws me to them too is what like watching steve or scott or any of these uh, guys in the band like do interviews and they talk about how like they're they don't they write music as what what we do like we like always talk about it as like a therapeutic thing so like everything horrible in you just comes out from it right. you know all the stuff that you want to release gets released and to them it's not like i'm writing a song for anybody to like care about right the song is written for me to release this pain and whatever and if you come along with me great but it has nothing to do with you. And we don't write music for you. We write it for ourselves, you know? And I respect that a lot because you gotta have, you kind of have to do that over time. You know what I mean? You're just, because if you ever write things for an audience, you're gonna, people aren't gonna like it, honestly. Your shit's gonna Every, sound, it's gonna sound fake. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yep. definitely Absolutely. contrived. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you so. should write it for yourself and then your listeners be able to view it from whatever perspective they choose to view it from. Yeah. And then they they get to interpret it how they, how it works for them. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. Like for me, neurosis is like this hauntingly beautiful thing. Like I, I was telling Dan, there was a, there's uh there's been a, it was a couple of times I, I literally fell asleep listening to it because it's just so Mm -hmm. for me, it was really, it was cathartic and really relaxing and, just was able to just let all of that bullshit out and just like yep. take a deep breath and then just let it out. And I was like, okay, I can just totally chill now. And this, yep. and it was, it's amazing on, cause it's, it's not very often that I actually feel that way. Cause I'm kind of a, a high strung individual and they mm-hmm. really, really mellow me out when I'm listening to it. And it's just, it's amazing on, on how it affects uh, um, somebody's emotions. They were really, really good about, taking somebody's emotions and, and really twisting it and, and, 
and you literally do a, it, the music affects how you feel, which is really yeah. really cool. Because not every band's like that. They're really really good on that emotional level and really being mm-hmm. able to connect with their listeners. It almost reminds yep. me of that feeling you get when real life catches up to you. Yeah. It's like everything's going perfect, and then oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> I think coupled with that, that that feeling of horror, that feeling of dread that I get sometimes when I listen, especially to the really early stuff, um, like Enemy, mm-hmm. uh, Enemy of the Sun, and stuff like that, it was just really um, and Souls at Zero, like those those albums. Oh, Souls still, at Zero! Like, I feel oh, very. Man, un- I love that. One. I feel almost a little uncomfortable listening to it. Like I remember. I remember being a youth group a youth group kid in high school and I was listening to Souls at Zero and like the youth pastor or whatever, like I was listening to it in my car, you know, and the youth pastor comes up to me later and he's just like, Is there anything you need to talk about? Because it sounds like sounds to me like you're <laughs> you're about to end it all. And he's like, Well what do you he's like, What were you listening to? And I didn't want to tell him I was listening to neurosis, so I was like yeah. Uh, Children's Jars of Clay, man. Yeah, dude, it was Jars of Clay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was Flood, man. That was uh, the new version. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but oh. then you, you go to Neurosis albums, too, uh, like um, Sun That Never Sets, I think it's mm-hmm. called. And, uh, yep, yeah. And that record is actually kind of beautiful, you know? Yeah. Which is, it's like, it, it, at that up to that point, I didn't know if they were really capable of being beautiful. I mean, they had had melodic stuff before with like a little bit of singing but like the the emotion on that album is just i mean it, it still it cuts me like i i guess it's gonna sound really lame but i guess i bleed emotionally to this <laughs> just as much as i did to the old stuff but in a different with but manipulating different emotions in me you know yep yeah because i think a lot of that earlier neurosis stuff um was was a little more like pissed off kind of like yeah it's angry it's yeah. what i was used yeah. to listening to you know yeah yeah and then like when you get to like sun and never sets and then even like this later stuff like given to the rising there's some of that like angry type stuff but it really is more like sort of just like melancholy yeah. like it's like it's like bob dylan like a really sad darker bob dylan <laughs> well i remember when the wow. first time i heard the, i heard the clean singing kick in on that album, mm-hmm. and I, I literally did a double take. I was like, "Oh shit, did I hit? When, am I on shuffle?" And I just hit to the wrong <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Like, am I in my like folk section now? You know, like, I, you yeah. know, yeah. Well, yeah, I actually I bought uh, Steve on Till's "When the Crow Flies" solo record, oh, and it really yeah. is. It, it's so good. It is just like it's all that stuff, just sad, sort of this like floaty, dark, but really beautiful at right. the same time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like the fact that the clean vocals is more like a baritone. Oh, yeah, yeah I know, that, right? That, yeah. that really... You don't I, hear I've said that, that enough. Yeah, I've said that on a couple different podcasts. Like, that's really like a hook, line, and sinker for me, man. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm there whenever you... It, I, I get tired of the, the high-pitched, whiny, clean vocals. That really... Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't... Rough, I can only yeah. take so much of that. I mean, I mean, it, it's good in, in, in chunks, I guess, but you know, like if I was to like put something on like repeat and listen to it over and over again... you and it's clean vocals. It's got to have that that baritone resonance and it, that yeah. haunting feel to it. And man, they, well, they, they hit that big time. I agree. And that's what I like. If you, it's almost weird too, because like the way Scott, well, I think Steve Ontil does most of that like singing part. Yes, I think but, so. But but the way they do it, it's 
it's really Tom. It's got like Tom Waitsy vibe to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And if like we tried to do that, it'd probably sound terrible. <laughs> but like the way they they he like he's so he nails it so good that it's like I think of a lot a lot of if I heard a lot of bands do it, I might not. I, I wouldn't believe it. Like I believe him when he's doing. Yeah, it. yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like it's not like he's. Uh, f- making his voice sound like that i think steve on till actually is singing that's his way just like tom waits when you listen to tom waits like that's just how he's doing it like it's not like he's attempting to sound like that that's what he sounds like and that's how he sings same with still steve on till like it's almost like that's i don't think that dude could sing any other way and it would be weird if right he well and that's that's why it works because you know yep. if you have an overproduced you know melodic vocal you know, in a song, I think it's it's one of those things where it like can if it's so clean and it's so focused on sounding beautiful, I guess uh, that's mm-hmm. that's why you hear people that are singing like way out of their range, and you know maybe yeah. they, maybe they maybe it took them like a hundred times in the studio, you know, <clears throat> Demon Hunter, you know, like that sort of stuff. Yeah, it took and, a Joe to make him sound you know, good. Yeah, like it took I an mean, engineer it's, to it's, make it yeah, sound good. Well, right, <laughs> I'm not gonna. Hey, I. Funeral of God wasn't necessarily the best vocal performance of my life either. I, I, I was going to say, Scott, you know, the last time I think I heard you sing baritone was Jade Meridian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Shit. Uh, Jesus, Joe, thought, he had to did, go did there. I, I didn't. I didn't even think that stuff. That that wasn't real, right? <laughs> right yeah. That was a dream we that all was, had together. Yeah, I didn't. I it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> just like all of my past sins. But yeah, like it's. Oh, uh, some star oh God, it's so. Uh, well, you know, it's so funny because cool. when we were so we we were such fans that like even I was like, this is you know this is this. cool <laughs> yeah I like this yeah you know because um, that's just what happens when you get so plugged into a band that it it doesn't after a while it stops mattering you know a little bit because yeah. regardless of what you think of the new stuff the old stuff's still there and it's still great you know so like you don't have to worry about it you know but. Uh, yeah. That type of singing, just yeah, it came across as very, very emotional and very, yep. uh, very real and very cutting, you know. And uh, and the only thing I can compare it to is you know, I'm gonna try to keep my Zayo comparisons down a little bit, but <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like when Dan kind of just talks, yeah. you know, like speaks like in that monotone, but like it's it's monotone and it's robotic, but like it can bring you to tears, you know, like yep. just just with that type of sincerity. And so I get I get the same type of vibe there. Uh, with neurosis because it's like holy shit this is real life and it doesn't even like and this is the only time I'll say this that the mat- lyrics aren't really what I'm focused on as much because what? because well because neurosis <laughs> a lot of their lyrics are very abstract get out of my house so it's like you're, they're not they're not like you're not going to be in a neurosis song where they're like okay guys this song's about yeah that's not them you know there's not a, a central theme it's definitely one of those like we wrote these lyrics because they had to do with where I where I was in my life at that time, and um, I wrote these lyrics as again you know, therapy for myself. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you can pull something out of those lyrics that's that's good and beneficial to you, then that's that's awesome. But you know, uh, we're not trying to lead you in any direction or you know anything like that. Yeah, that's actually pretty unusual for Dan. Dan is very opinionated. Well, besides that, he's very <laughs> lyric-centric. I guess that's because he used to be a lead singer in a band. Well, dude, I got to be honest with you, Dan. I am too. Like, I have so I have so much trouble listening to bands when I don't believe them. Oh yeah, like, big time. I want I want you. And the thing about neurosis that's cool is like it's so abstract. And I know I I totally know where you're going because it's so abstract. There's meaning in it, 
but it's it, it's not like a cut and dry like i think the way dan has like kind of morphed himself to where he's being a little more abstract now yeah but but i like he'll tell me what the songs are about and like once he tells me it just destroys my brain because it's i i totally see but so knowing like knowing that kind of stuff like neurosis lyrics are they're perfect to me because i get what they're trying to do but if there's you know like there's so many bands dude i just can't listen to them because their lyrics are so stupid yeah dude so dumb well you ever you ever hear the band ghost <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, oh. I can't. We posted the ghost episode. Are, yeah, I can't. Ugh. And uh, that was my whole thing: is the lyrics are just so fucking atrocious that I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. Know. And it's not even like the satanic lyrics thing. Like, you know, even though I, even though I come from a Christian background, I'm not like knocking it for having a different worldview than me. Mm-hmm. But like, what I am knocking it for is just being overly cheesy to where you're almost like doing more damage, like to your worldview like presenting it in that in that respect and so like the lyrics were just so dumb i was like i just can't i can't get over the whole image versus substance part of it yeah you know yeah i'm with you you know it's just yeah and that was the funny thing is the the previous band that the guy who does ghost was repugnant and they were really fucking good it was really really (laughs) good and we're like wow i'm like you could tell what he was going for yeah wow Dan and I have known each other for quite a while. Not as long as Dan and Joe have known each other, but I've always been the atmospheric listener. Okay. And Dan's always been the analytical, lyrical listener. So, like, he'll be telling me all this stuff about a song, and I'm like, I don't know. I was like, it it sounds good, and it it all works together. (laughs) I have no idea what they're singing about. So, yeah, it sounds like you and Dan are, like, right on the same page. That's why he gave me the high five earlier, because he was like, yes, somebody else who listens to the lyrics besides just me. Yeah, I I'm I'm totally on that board. Like it has to be it has to actually mean something. You have to be telling me the truth, like your truth somehow. You know what I mean? That's and dude, like I by no means I say this all the time, but like I think that's the only reason why Zayo has what it has because Dan's telling you the truth. Like he's 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 his lyrics are so integral to what we do that like I mean, I I think the music's cool, but it's not like to me, what's most important about us is his lyrical content, and that, I love that. But it's also emotionally believable, too. I'm like, that, that's always yeah. how... And I think that's actually the reason why I like Neurosis. Even if I don't know mm-hmm. how... I have no idea what he's singing about because it's so abstract. The emotional side of it just just sucks me in. Oh, and, yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's how I like to listen to it. It's not necessarily that the lyrics don't mean anything to me, because uh, we, we talked about Pantera not too long ago. And I loved, loved Pantera until I got to a, a point where I read their lyrics. Now, <laughs> I love, I will still listen to like Far Beyond Driven and want to punch things, and that's fine. Right. But holy shit those lyrics are fucking horrible yeah, yeah they really so are bad. But it, and, and it's a, this was like a summer spectacular episode yeah. that we did where i had been talking shit on pantera pretty much through the entire length of the show and uh so one night they were like all right tonight we're talking about testament and i'm like fuck yeah we're talking about <laughs> testament you know and it was awesome and then they're like no we're talking about pantera it so was they had all a farce they had everybody <laughs> yeah they had everybody that had been on the show up to that point that wanted to do it come on and basically argue with me back and forth as to why Pantera was, you know, a good band. And, uh, 
It was rough. Yeah, I it mean, was rough. It ended up being all I kept being was like, dude, the lyrics are fucking atrocious. That's all I could. That's, all I, mean, I could really come up with is I hate the dude, dude and I can't they're... separate it from the music. Right. Now, and yeah. I ended up saying the same thing because I I love uh, Daryl and Vinnie Paul, but me too, absolutely. Yeah, all the stuff f- uh, from Phil, I was just like, okay, yep, I'm done. Like, I have a hard time listening to Pantera, no matter how much I like the music and how much I have that emotional connection. Like you said, I like when to punch a fucking wall. And oh, like, I love it. I yeah, feel like I'm a, awesome. I'm a monster. I'm a god. But <laughs> And then I find out everything that, like, how terrible of an individual and human being he is. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a hard time listening to it now. Yeah, but, I can't. Well, dude, I re- when I got – who I forget who I was talking to. I think we were listening to it. I, when it came out and i remember specifically because it like it just disgusted me so bad when you listen like on far beyond driven i forget the song i think it's like bottles like five oh, what the hell is the record song called i don't know whatever the song's called Good friends in a bottle of pills yes yeah that's oh it. yeah goes, we were talking about that I one fuck, when he says i fucked your girlfriend last night i almost threw the fucking cd out the window. yeah on the pantera episode i read all the lyrics <laughs> on yeah, that. and i was like that's my <laughs> whole fucking argument right here you know like and then it's funny because oh. the dude i was talking to i think it was kellum brandon kellum yeah it was brandon he's like he's like well dan those lyrics are taken out of context <laughs> and i was all like please enlighten me you know like yeah, Brandon tried to Let say Let me know how I can take that out of context. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. come on, dude. It's like a bad text message from 2010. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, oh, like, it's, it's just so bad. bad. I mean, we're not, yeah, I, I, I need to not talk about that. I'm going to reel this up. back in a little bit here into Neurosis and say, Scott? Yes. Is there one Neurosis record that you lean towards? Or is there, depending on the mood, I'm going to go for this one or that one? Well, Through Silver and Blood's by far my favorite record. Um, but I, I actually really like Times of Grace. So like that, it's it's weird. Like Souls at Zero, I don't listen to enough, but I like it. But like the three, the, the trilogy for me is Enemy of the Sun, Through Silver and Blood, and Times of Grace. Now, I did, like I, I have Sun That Never Sets. Um, I bought Given to the Rising. I didn't get Fires Within Fires yet. But like I, I really like all of that stuff but i just tend as a complete record i think through silver and blood from beginning to end like all of everything they did on that record is exactly the it's like the perfect record for me because it you know the way they they the way they use samples in that record the way they use sounds in that record the songs themselves everything about through silver and blood is it's like the perfect record um, there's like, like nothing on that record's out of place. Every song needs to be there. Even if I have lesser, like even songs that I feel like are lesser than the other ones, there's, there's still like, I can listen to that from beginning to end. Um, times of grace, the first like four or five songs, I'm, I'm like so keyed in and then it starts to lose me a little bit. Enemy of the sun's pretty good as a whole record but it just doesn't have the same vibe as through silver and blood to me that's my favorite one enemy of the sun is that the one you give to somebody that's never listened to neurosis before i think so i think that record showcases everything about what they are like as a complete entity sort of because as much as i like enemy of the sun they didn't really delve into like the like the doomy stuff too much yet like they were still that that was kind of like a like just a good heavy like 
post metal, whatever you want to call post hardcore, whatever. Post avant garde industrial aggro. Yeah, yeah. 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 So through Silver and Blood has some of what Enemy of the Sun has, but it like totally opened them up to that Doom stuff that I think for me just like was perfect. Like I, I that's that's my favorite. Jeff, did you have a favorite one? Yeah, I had actually I had a a couple. Um, you had a couple of favorites. Yeah, it's all, yeah. Is dude, that okay? Like, there you go, changing the rules again. <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah, that's yeah, fine. I end up, yeah. What's yeah, your guys' a, favorite a, new metal band? All right, I have two. Wait a second now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I yeah. They they give me shit because I do it like every episode. Like I can't like say I have a favorite because I I've never been that way. Even like whenever I say like, hey, pick a favorite Beatles album. I'm like, uh, I got two. Like I, I do that with everything. Yeah, I can't do I can't do that with Beatles either. There's no way. There's a couple I like. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, well, lie and be fake. Don't worry about it. Rubber Soul and White Album. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like a, yeah, I'm I'm a weirdo because I like I, I like those too. No, Sun that never sets is like I I really really like that and I I, I think I like as a collective whole I like a lot of their stuff because they're not afraid to use like string instruments that aren't a guitar and a bass. Like that's yeah. that's really really important to me, and the fact they bring horns in too that are that's that's cool too. But like I I was I played classical music for a decade before I got into metal, okay. so like that's like really like when I I hear that it's like ah, oh, it, it's bringing two worlds together for me. Like I feel whole, I feel like complete because it's like bringing the two sides of me and making me one. And, and so like when they do that, I was like oh my god, like I I, I love these guys. Isn't it weird that more metal bands don't do that? Like, you think about, like, Wagner stuff. I mean, that is dark as hell. Oh, it yeah. really that, is. Some of his stuff is so dark. Like, I, it blows my mind that you don't see more metal bands, like, put that, like... And Neurosis is, like, the perfect band to do that because it does work so well. Yeah, that the, the those other strings work so well with that haunting yeah. sound. I mean, it really does. So, yep. yeah, yeah. In Enemy of the Sun, hey, that's probably my other and then i i i like souls at zero a, a ton as well so I, I guess i got a three-way tie i, I so i'm not i'm taking Ooh, it from wow. two to three get out of my house yeah come on man <laughs> like, yeah, what the hell yeah, is I, that? I tell you what man i i normally whenever i sit down and because since it's discography discussion i i my listening process is i like to start at the beginning and mm-hmm. then and go all the way through multiple times it, it, but those three albums, I actually stopped and listened to them multiple times uh, going through it. Uh, it, it. So that that's generally when I know, like, okay, yeah, the, this is really connecting with me. Whenever I'll, I'll stop through a, a discography and I'll want it to listen to a, a particular album over and over again before I move on to the next, those three really did it for me, and I, I really, really liked them. And actually, I, I, I do like their, their early punk roots, too. I, I, I enjoyed it. I think what's so cool about their, their whole discography is, like, if they, they, have, they touch multiple emotions, you know, throughout it. There's a lot of, you know, angst in the beginning and some, er, you know, some then angry and then haunting, and I'm like, yeah, you know. And I can go through so many different emotions and moods with their albums, and there's always something to match it. And I yeah. really, really, really li- I love that because there's so many bands that they, you know they, they find their quote unquote groove, and, and then they stick with it. I'm like, no, you know, you know, stretch outside that box and and, and find those different things and, and 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 create you know something new and but you know still hold their identity. And they and I think Neurosis is really the you know 
embodiment of that. So I, I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad we're doing this episode. I, I, I don't listen to neurosis regularly, but man, I listened to them a ton the last two weeks and it's, it's been really, really enjoyable. So I, I'm glad you're on the show because <laughs> I've had a, I've had an enjoyable experience listening to this music and people at work look at me like I'm a, I'm a nut job because I, <laughs> I, I, I work at, yeah, I, I, there's other people around me and, I, and I'm blasting this stuff and they're like, what the hell are you listening to? And I'm like, you should check it out. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. You should. I do, I enjoy a lot of their earlier records too. I actually I bought that Aberration seven inch with um with uh, what Rich, the Richard Ramirez cover where okay. he's holding the yeah you know um and I I guess the only thing that for me I think what happened was one of the a band I got into before Neurosis, which is kind of weird, is this band called His Hero Is Gone. They were from Tennessee. They kind of took like that early Neurosis, like really crust, like punky, like really aggressive stuff, and they did it. They did it really, really well. So like I listened to them, and then I went back and listened to Neurosis, and Neurosis was obviously the ones that kind of started that whole thing if you look at the year i mean what pain of mind was 87 so i mean they were doing this stuff before anybody else but since i went backwards i felt it felt weird to me because like his hero was gone was so much heavier i just i couldn't get past like i think i like his hero is gone better than neurosis and then that's what i think through silver and blood like that record nobody has been able to do that that like and that's what i love about it like that when they did that record they turned into something totally different that is their own and nobody has been able to to mimic thankfully and i'm sure there's people that try but like they 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 did something so seminal that there wasn't anything else that i was like oh this band's a little bit better than them like doing this like i think that's what kind of that's what hindered some of that earlier stuff for me but and then too, like when you get like Souls of Zero is a great record, and for some reason it just didn't like it, going backwards might have hurt me, I think because like it can because what, it's a yeah, built it's you know, built upon what came before. Yeah, you know? it's, it's the expectations. Yeah. Whenever you go backwards, whenever you're because that's still back in their formative years. It yeah it it, yep. it, it changes things. So we yeah, we talked about that on a, on a couple of different podcasts where like where if you get introduced to a band it, in the middle of their discography, the stuff before sometimes it's harder to uh, you know to, to go back to. It's much easier yeah. to go forward than it is backwards. So that's that's part of the reason why when I'm, I'm listening to stuff to prepare for an episode, you try I always, to do it. Yep. Yeah, it, it, in succession. Yeah. Yep totally makes sense because i think it absolutely like messed up my whole opinion because when you listen to that and then you go backwards it's almost like you just like subconsciously you're like ah this is like worse even though no this is the steps they needed to take to get to where they got exactly so and that's why you know like normally whenever we do a podcast like this we'll go from beginning to end but like whenever we did the Black Sabbath one uh, a while back, um, there were just too many fucking albums. You know, it was like that, we well, can't take. Say, this yeah, we can't brutal. take. We can't take two hours and then want to talk to you about other stuff afterward. You know, like you, we, yep. you know, we have to be more respectful of people's time than that. So like, we're uh, no, I like this. Yeah, I like the more casual podcast. That's been you know my. That's been what we've been shooting. Like like and you know, I, there's a lot of Travis worship that goes on here, but. Um, 
have you guys been face to face yet? Yeah, we were we were in a band in two thousand and six, and we record okay, we recorded story. our all album right. at his house. Yeah, so I that ah. that's before that. That's all I knew him from, and then uh, and then I like I remember catching wind that he had a podcast. It was uh, Mark Garza from Embodiment was on it. And, uh, oh, okay. and he talked that to him a for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And then I was super stoked because then I heard the Zayo one where it was like everybody talking about the entire album. So I got to hear a lot of shit off that record before it came out, you know, which mm-hmm. was really cool. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, it wasn't as such a much of a like a, hey, we could do that kind of thing. But it was more of like a, you know why are we not doing something similar you know like well that's what i think that's what i love about podcasts is like you do you hear people like travis is just a good dude and he just likes to talk to people so if you're that type of like personality like just you can do a podcast because it is it's fun like to me like i enjoy conversations with people and i enjoy just this whole th- like thing you know what i mean and um like that's what me and travis talk all the time and I'm, i i get mags so i'm like we should be recording these because <laughs> we have right. such a good conversation but yeah a buddy of mine called me like 3 a.m the other night and he was telling me like i hadn't talked to him in like 12 years he calls me in the middle of the night and he's oh. like telling me how he's in the military and how he killed people and how he you know back in yeah like back in the day i was like not like killed people like in a civilian sort of but like you know just but as like a, as a, all yeah He's like, you know, I, you know, and, and all this. And I was like, oh man, that's, that's really heavy. You know, uh, like, I don't even know what to do with that. But then the podcaster in me is like, and she talked for like two hours and I was just like, shit, I wish I'd have been recording that, you know, like, you know, cause that was really good stuff. And I reached uh, him. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, yeah, that sort of stuff. We were like, well, we should do something similar to that. And then we came up with the discography thing, which has been a little bit limiting for us. It's like really cool to be able to go from beginning to end when we're like by ourselves. But then we got this, we got this taste in our mouth for talking to people. And, you know, it was like, you know, that's, that's cool too. I almost (laughs) like doing that more because, you know, three guys in St. Louis in a basement that no one's ever heard of doesn't carry as much weight as like getting somebody in that knows things, you know, like actually knows stuff. And it's not just like our, our opinion about everything. Mm -hmm. That was where the whole fascination with Travis thing came in, which was like, Hey man, he can do this. Maybe, maybe we can do it too. You know, we'll see. (laughs) What I think is really cool about what you're doing with like this for our, this episode is like, every dude in a band there's there's always going to be a band that they love and right, yeah. being able to you know being able to be like hey our thing is like we're going to talk to you but like we're going to talk sort of the discography of your favorite band right what band would you want to choose it gives another aspect of like them like as a, an artist or a musician like they get to talk about what inspires them and it's right. not in like a like a cheesy like oh here's an interview way it's like no they get to talk about like what is it about this band that like inspired you and what do you take from them to put in your own thing it's I, no i think this is cool so funny story about through silver and blood okay i like to create work playlists because i get so busy lately that i don't have time to monitor the music that i'm listening to so about a week ago, I created a playlist. On that playlist was Through Silver and Blood, Liberate, Tex and Fairies, <laughs> Souls at Zero, Picket Fence Cartel by Project 86, and I think the other one was Hall of the Mountain King by Sabotage. Oh, wow. My phone got on a loop of Through Silver and Blood and Liberate, 
and I must have just not been paying attention because it took me about 45 minutes to notice. That's awesome. That's like the, the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there like I'm, I'm, I'm really focused and I'm like, oh man, this through silver and blood is really good. <laughs> wait a minute. That's wait a minute. And I pull the phone. I'm like, oh, I left that on shuffle. <laughs> All right, we're already in. Here we go. (laughs) I walk out the room for one second. You start talking about Liberate? What the hell? I'm just saying. (laughs) It happened. Okay. You're like listening to Neurosis this week, so I'm like, all right, put them together, and uh, well, I'm busy. Wow, this is really good. Hang on a second. Oops. All right, well, we're already here. Every time I I hear Liberate, I think Liberate Accent Fairies, which is from uh, yeah, that's that's Event Horizon. There's Event Horizon. There's clips from that movie all over the record. You sir have clearly not listened. No, I have. I'm just saying. (laughs) We I don't even think that records the name of that record's not right. I don't think it's the actual what he says even. Like I I don't know where how that actually was called. It I think he says like something like Tuda May. X and fairies or yeah, something in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, because well, yeah, well, they're they're trying to decipher is it you or me, and it's he okay. fi- and they finally figure out it's, it's save you. yourself. It's you, yeah, get yeah, out of here. Instead yeah. of save me, it's save yourself. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's so sad because a lot of the things that people even get wrong are totally misconceptions that everybody thinks. Right, like. On Blood and Fire, Russ had a lot more to do with it than like people realize. Everybody That's says, it's, like, says it's Brett. Yeah. Yeah, like everybody says it's Brett. All like the weird, like cool chords mm-hmm. are Russ. Like right. <laughs> and like all the like little octave melody chords. Right. That's more Brett style, which you can see like him go off like I don't know how much of it really he wrote in Juliana Theory guitar wise, but I know he wrote a little bit. And um but yeah, a lot of like the dirty, weird shit on Blood and Fire is like all Russ doing just he's was in that vibe. And like I did a band that was playing at the same time as them and we did all that weird dissonant stuff so like all of us like grew up like with bands that played dissonant stuff and listened to like death metal so that all had dissonant stuff but um but i that's all that i russ no it's all good i mean i I remember listening when i got your email i went back and listened to that episode and i was like oh shit you know people are listening to this you know (laughs) i was like i was like shit it's got like more than just like a couple of downloads you know and i'm like Okay, well, he, you know, because that, that was my that was my whole thing. As I was, uh, I was like, he's gonna they're gonna listen to that episode and be like, eh, I don't talk know. to these guys. We're gonna <laughs> listen to that episode and never be on this podcast, right? But oh no, no, we're on, dude. It's all good. Why does Damn. Liberate sound so dirty? I'm dying to know, dude. Are, so are we are we just transitioning to this se- section of the podcast? <laughs> I yeah, just why did. not? <laughs> well, Joe, I don't know if you can work your editing magic or not, but can we like finish the neurosis part, dude? We can with, just like talk final thoughts, and you or? don't need to you don't need to worry about what I do. <laughs> so you just want me to sit back while you do the work? Got it. All right, that's what why she said. Why does it sound so? Why does it sound so dirty? Yes, it, it always does. I've been wondering for does. twelve years. Why does that thing sound so dirty? One thing we can tell you is Joe is pretty. Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> no, I was going to give you props, man. He's he's magical, man. As far as like editing our bullshit and making it sound like a cohesive thought, he's pretty impressive at it. That's awesome. That that is a talent. I mean, because there's a lot of people that can't do that stuff. I consider myself the emperor of all things audio. Nice. Oh, don't no no weenie tap. He does have a weenie tapper <laughs> for when we get out of hand. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, that just, anyway. I think all dudes, no matter what, always go for nuts and dick. It's, oh, yeah, every like, time. I don't know why. We do it when we go on our trips. Like, 
there's at least like five a day of dick hits. Like it's just how <laughs> it happens. Just how life works. I, honestly, dude, I think it just sounds so dirty because we kind of didn't know what we were doing really. Like I used probably one of the worst amps you could ever use. And sounded like an eight inch. Yeah. Like it's and it. And Russ had like this really shitty JCM 2000 that we like, cause like it, you can, you can really, you know, you listen to blood and fire and that one's like kind of produced. It's like crisp. It's, yeah. It's very, yeah, like yeah. it's real. And then we went into Liberate wanting it to sound like an Erosis record. So we tried everything we could to, to make it a little more raw. And it was, e- it was easy to do that stuff. Cause like back then we didn't record a clicks and the guitars were, just overdrive like just so much overdrive on them to where like you could sort of make them out <laughs> yeah a buddy um, of mine was telling me how it basically just sounded like metal scraping on metal you know like yeah but we were all in the weird like really like weird metal at that time like i like really like death metal so with those dudes like there's so much gain on their amps like you can't even hear what they're like look at listen to cannibal corpse that's what they're still doing it's just so so distorted but but we weren't writing. I think what helped is like we were writing a little more simpler riffs, but with that really dirty, overdriven, crazy saturated guitar, and it made for this like overtone all the time with the guitars that helped make it sound just just a lot grimier than it than like a cleaned up guitar. And we didn't like none of that stuff. Oh, geez, none of that stuff <laughs> was through pro. Like we didn't use Pro Tools then. It was all to dat tape. Right. Nice. So oh, you could like you could fix stuff. <laughs> like you weren't able to like i mean you could punch in but you couldn't like cut and paste and move things or any of Can't that paste stuff. a chorus or something yeah yeah so and i mean yeah like we were listening to neurosis a lot so i just think it was a combination of jesse's drums being like just room like real roomy and then our guitars being just so oversaturated i mean i think i i use like a marshall and a crate <laughs> and like wow you know, oh. yeah like why i look Blue back i'm like i think it was yeah or it was like a stealth it was like one of those weird tube crates and it was garbage but it sounded good when you played it like if you turn it up past like two it's the worst thing ever but like it was okay for that um yeah i think that's what it was and we we just attempted i think really the thing that i look back on that record and I look at like the most impactful thing to me is that intro. Oh yeah. Cause dude. that really, if we didn't do that intro the way we did it and started the record out with that, I don't think people would, it's like a perception to them that it's dark because that intro is such a like dissonant melodic. I don't know what you want to call it. Like just really, really sad. sounding it's a downtrodden kind of, yeah. Yeah. Because, dude, if you like, think about it. So you have that super depressing, like grimy sounding beginning, and it goes into the Savannah song. It's just a mess, like just in just, and then like autopsy doesn't even really fit. <laughs> it's like a little. It sounds like a B side off of Blood and Fire. You know, it's one of those yeah, like. Like it's a little. It's like it's like a happy like. But like everybody, that record gets talked about like being a really dark record because there's a couple songs that are really dark and then some of them aren't. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, um, like Desire the End's really dark. Um, yep. 
Manny Cage, Jack Wilson is dark because it's just fucking terrifying. You know? Oh, and it makes me so mad we couldn't do more with that. Like, I love that. And it just never, I wanted to, like, work longer and make it, like, get even more epic and big. More neurosis yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, because what Jesse did with, like, all he was doing is we put distortion on the mic and he took a, I forget what he had, but he just scraped around the snare head. So that like stuff you hear is just him scraping his snare head and the little guitar thing that uh, Russ actually came up with that little guitar thing. I mean, I, Oh, I wish we could have worked on that stuff more, but we did, we had such limited time. Um, so, but yeah, to me, like that record really, there's like five super cool songs and then the rest of it's just filler and it's really short. <laughs> yeah. That's uh as an adult. Cause like when I was in high school, man, like you couldn't do like, Liberate was like, I mean, the the end all be all of a fucking record. Tell me about it. I know. And, so uh, funny. Yeah, he had, to, he had to listen to me for years, just be like, fucking great, man. You know. <laughs> and, uh, hey, Dan, check this band out. Hey, check out Zayo. Yeah, yeah, that that happened a lot. But yeah, it was one of those, like, it's awesome. Because I liked Blood and Fire. I actually had Liberate before I had Blood and Fire because I don't think I got into Zayo until probably later on, like, I don't know, maybe like 2000 one maybe 2002 something like that okay. so there was a lot of records out and that's always a lot of fun because then you have to go on a scavenger hunt and find <laughs> everything which i dude i think for us though it's super weird because like if you go if you go backwards for us like you get i don't know like i, I think the, like it's been too like the religious aspect of the band so like you go from liberate to like blood and fire to like splitter shards it's like, what the fuck kind of band is going? What is this band? What are they doing? Right, this is somebody's journey into atheism. Yeah, it's like um, <laughs> basically. Wow, but, you know, I mean, it kind of is, right? You know, it's not like a big deal, but uh, no, yeah, it, it totally. Like you can you can easily see it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't bother me. I could see how it bothers like really religious people, but like you know, it's it's funny to me, like all that having to having to deal with like people used to always get on to me for you know be like. You listen to this band called Zayo, and it just sounds absolutely satanic. And I'm like, well, I, I could show you some satanic bands, you know, that, that sound <laughs> yeah. differently, but it's not really, you know, it's not really about the sound, you know. And uh, and with Zayo, I think it was like really always this really big sticking issue with people back in the day. And I totally understand. Like you went from a band that like that dude was on stage. I mean, he like they were having like altar calls legitimately yeah, on stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like when Dan came in, and this is what drives me fucking crazy. When Dan came in on Blood and Fire, things immediately changed. So like for people to say we should change our fucking name like now, are you nuts? Like we're closer like we are Dan Wyant. As long as Dan Wyant is here, like we're talking about the same stuff he was talking about back then. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and he was still like, he was still somewhat religious in the band. And like, as a band, like, and this is another thing that drives me like, just be, like, like I am really the only like atheist in the band. So like Dan is a little close. He's like more agnostic, more like spiritual and like, but, but like, isn't like a Christian. Russ isn't really a Christian, but somewhat spiritual. Marty's like a Christian. And Jeff's kind of like maybe closer to me, but like still on that middle ground. But like, I still want to do good shit. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, yeah they- I'm like nothing changed. Like other than like, well, I just don't believe in something anymore, but like, I want to do like good stuff all the time. You yeah, know? So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Morality is the, the most important point. Yeah. yeah like, like, and, like being a good human being is like, that's, it. that's the yeah. most important part. Like, yep. yeah, like if you're, you know, if it's religion that takes you to that, to that plateau, then so be it. If it's, it's something else, great too i mean as long yeah, as, as yeah. long as you know you're uh, you're treating your fellow man in, in the proper manner i mean who cares how it, it takes that's, what it takes to get the you way. there well yeah, i hate absolutely. to say it but like who cares anyway what you're at the end of the day what your religious affiliation is because at well, the end of I'm the get, day it's kind of it's kind of about yeah like what you do you know, that determines how you impact the world around you. Just because you say you're super religious and you're doing all this because the Lord told you to doesn't really equate, you know, like it, it doesn't translate to anything, you know, without action. Yeah, because yeah, if you stop and think about it, like it, any religion, I mean, it doesn't matter really what it comes comes from. Like it, it, it really, the basis in it, if you, they view you as a good version of whatever that religion is, is how do you treat your fellow man? And isn't that crazy though that like religious people don't look at it that way though? Because I know that's, that's what's so funny. Works. But like if you actually go in and you actually do your research, yeah, yeah that's I mean, actually what it takes to make you a good version of whatever that religion is. I mean, that's what it takes. And, yeah. and they and they get so caught up in the fact that it you know in the faction side of things, you know, like you got to be this or you got to be that, you know. They, they forget about how important it is to be good to everybody else. Yeah. Well, how, dude, how many Christians do you guys know that like totally condemn the Westboro Baptist church? All Absolutely. Of them. Con- uh, every one of them. Right? Yeah, I'm sure. still counting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, okay. sure. So guess what? Go read your Bible. Cause if anybody's doing it right, those people are, they're doing it right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause if you stop and think about it, like <laughs> if you commit adultery, you're supposed to be stoned. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, ho- like, holy shit. Like, like if you stone somebody now, like, you're, you're, you're getting the death sentence. I could argue, you know, um, old Testament law, all you want, you know, about, <laughs> about that stuff. But like, no, I get well, but it, but Jesus I get it. Never rebuked it. He, he never, never did. And as a matter of fact, no, no, as a matter of fact, no, you're completely right. Like, I agree with you, uh, that, uh, whenever they asked, you know, Jesus why he was there, he said the Son of Man did not come to Earth to create peace, but to create conflict. Or I think he yeah. said, or I think he said to create, to bring a sword. You know, and so, uh, you know, there's a lot of that stuff that's like really hard to stomach. I mean, I still, I still, you know, essentially identify as a Christian, but you know, like even today, like I, I went to church this morning because I feel like it's still a good environment for like my kids and my wife and stuff. You know, at that early age, but like. You know, we we got into this early discussion. age, and he said, "Wife, so how how much older are you than your wife?" <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I just messing I'm with just you. Mean the kids. I'll put it this way: he graduated first. Well, well, I did too. Yeah, by a year. Come on, dude. But like, anyway, so like, there was a. Uh, I, I dropped this whole like. Yeah, I don't really think the origin is like that important. Like, I don't think anybody ever won any souls for the Lord based on like. Oh, well, since you were able to prove to me somehow that the origin of man was this versus this, that, you know, now all of a sudden I'm like completely enraptured and on an emotional level, like that, that part of it didn't ever make any sense to me. And, um, it's just really hard because I think as time goes on, I think everybody's getting a little bit more honest. And I think there was a kind of a mob mentality to Christianity. I mean, definitely all through the nineties 
and yeah. even even in the early 2000s because I remember like I remember people would be like hey man what kind of bands are you into because like I you know I'd, I'd sang in a band for a couple of years and there was always like this this whole like we'd be at shows and like the venue would be like I can't pay you guys you guys are locals so <laughs> I, I can give you guys oh. a free pitcher of beer and then I'd fucking drink that entire pitcher of beer because I mean that's all yep. I'm getting paid for that night you know you and, son uh, of a bitch yeah right <laughs> sorry sorry Joe but yeah I uh you know, I would drink it or whatever, but then somebody'd see it and then they go home and they tell their mom. And then when I go to church that next Sunday, like it's like I'm being fucking accosted, you know, immediately for being, you know, this all the all the terms that get thrown out, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing, false, blah 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 blah. And it's like I almost feel like the only the only reason I go to church is because the pastor that that is the that 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 runs the church, like he's the only one that gets me. Like when we started doing this podcast, a bunch of people were like, dude there's really explicit content on this podcast and, and this fuck yeah, there is. And he's like, he's like, yeah, (laughs) he's like, he's he's like, I mean, Dan comes to church every Sunday, but he, I just never thought that, you know, that he would use language like that or whatever. And the pastor was just like, no, I mean, it's pretty much been that way for the last 15 years since I've met him, since I've known him, you know? And, uh, and that's just the weird thing. Is it like, especially in cases of bands like Zayo where everybody's got this, like, really weird Klingon attachment to it. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, those lyrics weren't quite what I expected them to be. So yeah. they're evil or the, you know, like surprise I saw. Yeah. Like, Oh, I saw Dan smoking a cigarette the other day. Oh my God. I can't believe they would do something like that. Like I could just never, I could never really understand it. And that's why actually I was, I'm a big fan of like the bad Christian podcast. I listen to that a lot, but I remember, I remember actually getting kind of pissed off at them whenever I would listen to the interviews with you on there. Cause I was like, I like Zayo. This guy, you got Scott on here. That's cool. You know? So I'd listen to it and then they're like, it seemed like for them, it was always about that. Like they had to just talk about it (laughs) like constantly. Like I know they're like super cool and super progressive and okay with everything and blah, blah, blah. But the one that, the one that really struck out to me was the whole, like, well, if you found out that Jesus was was Lord, would you? And I was like, "What the fuck are you guys?" <laughs> you mean if like, I found out, f- then I would what agree. What the fuck are right. you guys talking about? So what's you the know, problem? Like, what kind of fuck? Yeah, I think you even you said that. It was, it was like, what? What kind of question is that? Like, I don't, I don't really <laughs> yeah. understand the question. You know, like, I am who yeah, I, I am, that- regardless of how you feel about it. You know, <laughs> like. I don't know. I think that was Joey. I think he asked me, like, if wasn't it something like if Jesus showed himself, would you believe him? Well, yeah, like, obviously, sure. Yeah, dude, you know, if like, there's like <laughs> once there's evidence, like I'm I'm on board. There is none. There's been two thousand years of zero evidence, so I'm not on board. Like, and two, like, what kind of? I think he asked too, like, what kind of evidence would you need? I'm like, well, it's weird because like what the fuck David Blaine does some crazy shit, man. Like fakes people out. Like what I better, I don't know what I'm going to be looking for. Cause who knows? Well, it's just one of those things. Unless it's like a Paul Saul situation, like yeah, Jesus it's, appears it's, in front of you and says, dude, seriously, here's the holes in my hands. Here's the, this and that there's really not a whole lot of convincing that really can be done beyond that. And if that happens, dude, I'm going to be automatically in the hospital. Cause I've probably just had a fucking, uh, what the hell? They call it a aneurysm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Aneurysm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I probably just, I just saw something that really wasn't there, but no, I, I like their podcast too. I really enjoyed being on there and I got like, I knew it. And the whole reason why I was even allowed on there was because of the Zayo connection and because I'm not a Christian anymore. So 
I think that's the whole thing, and I get it. That's but, their bread and butter, but it yeah. Is, yeah, and it does. It, it's sort of a bum out because it's really hard in a podcast that's like an hour to like break down why some like why I changed my beliefs and like what an atheist even is. So, sure. Yeah. And they're the dudes. Like it's their shit. So like, not that they edited me edited me ever, but like they when you're off of it they can say their end piece that is the last thing that sticks in people's heads. So no matter what I say, that last thing that they hear will either verify for them. Like if they come into it and they're religious and Christians, then they're going to be like, yeah, see Scott's Scott's wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, I promise right. you this, I will not edit anything out unless you tell me to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that is just one of the weird questions that I had because I remember listening to that episode and I was like, like on a personal level, like how did like what the fuck was that about? Like, I just there's a certain sense of like, um, I guess boundaries that that come with uh, with with this type of of podcasting and how it's kind of more freeform. I mean, podcasting is still it's been around for ten years, but it's kind of just starting to oh, come into its that. it's starting to come into its own now more so. And uh, so you you get a lot of those like two hour exclusives with 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 somebody, yep. and you you get all this stuff, and it's just like shit they could have talked about anything and they wasted it on that. Like the same yeah. shit that they, you know, and you know, guys, I'm still totally down to do the interview. So, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's well, just- there, and that's, this is the thing that I think so that sucks. Like, so I, I love Matt, Toby and Joey, like they're great dudes. And, and I love be, and I think they're, they're doing such a, like a good thing by be, having a podcast where they're like being real, but like, of, dude, like you're, if you're being real, you're you're going down a path that might change your beliefs eventually. So just be ready for that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because like where but I'm like, at spiritually, go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, well, no, what I was gonna, and you can finish your thought. But the you go to church. You just said it, you go to church because your pastor's super awesome. You like the dude, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. And that's that's it. I think people don't recognize that, like, they're going to that church for, like, a specific thing, and it's called, like, companionship. So you find people that are awesome, and you want to be around them. I've met pastors that are the coolest dudes ever, the coolest dudes. And I recognize – you just have to, like, look at that. Like, I've made a personal connection with somebody as a human being, and I'm – because I'm looking through it in this like visor of like religious Christianity or whatever, I am, I'm painting this, this guy's like a good spokesperson for the religion, even though you don't, if you, you don't need it, you just need to know that that guy's a good guy. So, and I think people really look at church in, in the, in the wrong perspective because they're going there to like be with people and talk to a guy that they really like. And, since that guy's this like talking about God in a way that like helps you and, and verifies your beliefs, like you automatically become friends with them and, and you still, and you don't question anything because this guy's so cool and he's talking about it. It's, it's just such a weird dichotomy between people and they don't realize it's just the reason is because you met somebody cool. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, um, if I can remember what my thought was, it was basically just that, no, you're good. I, I you brain know, fart, sol- solid gold up to that point. When I talk, it's going to ruin it. But, uh, like it basically was one of those deals where like there are issues that I have 
with scripture. Mm-hmm. There are issues that I have, yep. you know, and then, and then I battle with, you know, like, I mean, the whole Jesus forgiveness thing, everybody loves that, you know, like it's, of course, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you can come to Jesus wherever you're at and you can do all this good stuff and, and, you know, he's going to forgive you of your, of, of your transgressions all the terrible and things you've done. Sure. Right. And, but then again, there's like, you know, well, man shall not lay with a man as if he lays with a woman and there will be and, weeping and gnashing of and teeth and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and you will go to hell for fucking up and, you know, like all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, and I do, I struggle with that. I struggle with that all the time. And, you know, um, sometimes I'm more like, you know, scripture's right and I'm wrong, but it doesn't really change kind of where I'm at. Like in the sense yeah. of like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like there's any reason to hate on somebody because of their sexual preference or, yeah, or, especially when you consider that, any, you know, this, this is stuff from, you know, 2000 years ago. Things have changed a lot <laughs> in the last two thousand years, obviously. You know, so, and, and, well, yeah, and I get accused of not being spiritual enough, but it's one of those things where it's like at my core. Because my wife used to always say that you know, like you, you would make a way better atheist than than Christian, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I, you know, I still I still have that well, belief in the sense that I do feel like there was. Thomas. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like there was answered prayers. I feel like there were. You know, there's enough evidence for me on an emotional level for it to be. <laughs> That's- yeah, dude, that's something that like those guys say to say to me all the time too. All and anybody in in that thing is like their proof. Their proof is like an answered prayer or something. Something miraculous happened to them, and I I just I I don't know how I don't know how you can get past like why couldn't that have just been a coincidence? Well, like, yeah, and I can't I, either. Like, I, a lot of the times I doubt myself. I say, that was just fucking coincidence, or, well, or dude, I like, planned Travis, it that way. Me, yeah. Yeah, me and Travis had a discussion. We were talking about how people will find two quarters in their driveway, and they'll need that two quarters. They look at that as like, oh, well, there's a, there's, it's miraculous, because I just found two quarters on my driveway. Why, how else would I get those two quarters? And it's it never occurs to them like well some dude could have dropped two quarters that could have been the worst thing to happen to him because he needed two quarters too right that <laughs> but, was his lifeline so yeah <laughs> yeah but like there's so many people that look at those two quarters as like this sign and then like Travis's dad passed away from cancer and they didn't that prayer didn't get answered right so like the big stuff who, doesn't get answered yeah, but the like, little shit does yeah it never and the biggest stuff never does like I don't know anybody that can verify medically that like something has been completely healed and if they have that evidence dude bring it because you're going to be like famous you're going to be so like peer-reviewed studies would love that like any scientific paper that you could show a miraculous like like video of cancer like being shrunk by nothing you're going to win every award there is. You're going to be the man. Yeah, and you're going to get like, the million yeah. dollars from James Randi. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love James. James Randi is the him. shit, dude. I love that guy. Uh, I actually had to ask about the neurosis. Uh, I guess I think it's pronounced Jarbo. Is oh, yeah, the split. Yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. To, I wanted to get your uh, opinion on that because that was like a really like left turn for me. I was kind of curious on what you thought about that. Well, so I look at like music maybe in a weirder in a different way because 
we've gotten so much shit for taking left turns. <laughs> no, no, I like, I like left turns. No, like, like, that's never. like yeah, that's that, like the most important thing to me. I want you to stretch the barriers. Like I, I, I love like, I love that. That's that's incredibly yep. important to me. So like for me, I'm usually what ends up happening is like like I'm I'm a Neurosis fan. They've already won me as a fan. So whenever they do anything that's not weird, I'm like kind of taken aback because I'm like expecting them to do weirder stuff. So when I listen to that, I was totally I'm totally bought in. Um, the only time I think I ever get lost on anything is when it's faked. Like anytime somebody's like, and dude, Zayo did it too. Like I, I think there were like records we did that we like, we didn't have our full heart in. So that's the only time I'm ever like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to like something is if you can really tell that there wasn't like a hundred percent put into it. So to me, like anything Neurosis does, you can tell they always put a hundred percent into it. Um, and yeah, like I wasn't like, it's that split isn't something I listen to very regularly, but I respected it enough that like, I still liked why, what they did. And I'm, and I think what's really cool about what they did and we take sort of that, um, map too, cause it's a split that's like kind of just like an EP. So I, I think what we're going to start doing is like we're going to when we have these weird left turn songs, we're going to end up putting EPs out or seven inches out of it. Full length records are going to be like more of a consistent like what like piece. But anytime you do something weird, if you put it out as an EP, I'm totally in because then it's like, hey, here's a here's a weird thing. You don't it, it, you're not like going to be totally committed to as a record you don't we think the band's going to sound like that from now on yeah 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 like it's not like it's something that they just wanted to do i love i'm glad that they do that stuff like i said it was not, not my favorite derosa stuff but i totally respect it and like that they did it isn't 2017 great where you can just do that yeah and it dude that's like i'm surprised it took this long for bands to start like i, I don't know why i don't know what i mean obviously the industry did it you know, because like you go in these record cycles all the time, you have to do all this stuff. But I love how like music's kind of been taken back by the artist, and we're just doing what you want. Like, yeah, I I, I totally dig that. Oh, and and by the way, my wife is gonna steal that print in the background with the elephants. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> my oh, wife yeah. is insane about all of that stuff. We actually, our zoo here just got a baby elephant. So we every year we go like to the zoo countless times because she has to see the elephants i uh, same thing with my it. wife <laughs> yeah i'm all and i'm i'm in dude because elephants are like it, it's almost like looking at like a prehistoric animal because they're so just different from anything that you would normally see they're like, big and deliberate for, yeah yeah <laughs> Dude, and like I love, like I love giraffes. Looking at all that, they just like I, yeah. I, I actually, we all, we're all pretty big animal people. So, yes, yeah, same in my household. No, I'll put it this way: that for our uh, my my wife and I's uh, wedding cake, we had uh, as a uh, for the bride, it was actually a elephant. And I was wow. like, yeah, and the groom was a pig. Did you get married in Turkey or something? <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty accurate, though, right? No, yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally the pig, and my wife remembers everything. So, ta-da! Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Dude, well, we did that. Like the cake that 
what is it? The one cake that you take home and eat? I forget. Yeah, what well, they call yeah, that cake yeah. Here. Like there's a certain layer of the uh, the wedding cake you're supposed to eat on it's your like first usually anniversary. The top layer, and you yeah. freeze it yeah. for a year. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then you eat it. yeah. We had two elephant, like um, like elephants made out of like. It wasn't like a figurine or anything. It was like made out of the like frosting or something oh that's awesome and we have them frozen in our freezer still we got still? married in 2000 yeah we got married dude what is it 2005 wow oh no yeah. I, i've been married longer so than you 12 have, buddy. years dude how do you know there's <laughs> yeah. how do you know there's not like 200 bucks in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i'm just saying like that's what we found out we waited just the year you know and i was i'm a fat guy so i love cake you know so i was like <laughs> hey, let's, let's hey, do fat this has nothing about yeah, liking do, cake man it's this, all about metabolism know? yeah right so yeah. like we you uh, cake or death <laughs> we were surprised that there was actually money baked into the cake like we were like holy shit like who would have even uh, that was the furthest thing from my mind when i when Shit, I, I didn't that have cake any money open, in know? mine. All I had was well, did cake yeah. and more icing. There could be there could be like a grand in there. You never know. You know? <laughs> Shit, I would have. Yeah, with all the now the, Scott's the, thinking about cake. Yeah, yeah I was gonna like, say all, all the debt we accrued money, on our honeymoon. Money. Yeah, I gotta go, guys. See you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife and I, we're we're total like nerds, and we still act like we're twelve years old. Our our honeymoon was in Disney World. <laughs> Nice. Uh, we've been trying. Like, I have a an eight year old, and um, we we really want to. It's just, dude, it's so expensive. It really and is. It's, like, we it's like four hundred a uh, ticket, man. It's insane. Yeah, it's a day. crazy. Yeah, no, we yeah. we actually um, we know like we go to Disney World every other year, and oh wow, yeah, we we may actually uh, <laughs> we don't eat out. We don't like everything we buy is like seventy five percent off. Like it doesn't matter if it's food or clothing, because we save and scrimp every cent to make sure that we can go to either Disney World it. or like we go on a cruise with our kids. Or Jeff can oh, buy new awesome. speakers. Here, eat these lima beans. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no the the speakers. That's a totally different thing, man. I I buy, sell, and trade nonstop, man. I I'm a I'm a total total audiophile. Like so I'd let's talk about that because uh, there's <laughs> something that uh, that I've been meaning to get off my chest since we uh, since we did the Zayo episode. Here it comes. How I uh, I had said that the fear doesn't sound as good as uh, oh, all wait, of yeah, the other records, and that I didn't like it as much. All right, me and Jeff are gonna duck. Now that was <laughs> that was no. before. That was before. That's why I did this long distance. We didn't drive up there, you know. Uh, so. Um, I had talked a lot of shit on the fear, and like, let me let me be a hundred percent clear. I have no issue with the with the material on the fear. Nobody, yeah, that's yeah. Like, I yeah, love the songs. I love the songs. Yeah. You know, um, but when I was listening to it, and I think I even admitted that I had that shit ripped at like ninety six k or something because I didn't have enough hard drive space to put all my music on there. And uh, no joke, Scott. Back in the day when iPods first came out. Dan gets a Lenovo laptop, rips all his music, and drives down the highway in his car with the laptop plugged into a cassette oh, adapter. Oh, believe at ninety six k. Shit happens. Hey, you're still alive. I gave you tons of rides during that. Okay, uh, I, so uh, I, I am a better person. But uh, so I, I used to bitch about the fear. Like, oh, it doesn't sound as good as the records because Steve Albini fucked it up or whatever. Because <laughs> if you listen to his original cutting in utero, it sounds like shit too. So about two months ago. <laughs> Jeff gets me a, he procures for me a, in trade for some Nintendo games, he trades me this really nice set of speakers 
and like an actual audio mixing amplifier. Okay. And so I listened to the fear on that and like, holy shit. Like <laughs> it's like a completely different experience. Like Not, 100%. Like you're still listening to it through MP3 or CD, right? No, I'm listening to it on CD. Unfortunately, there's no vinyl copy that yes, I know of. And that's dude, that kills that absolutely fucking destroys me because if that record could be we actually did that record to tape, okay? Hell yeah. I believe we have, it. Yeah. We have the master tape. So, we could have it legitimately mastered for vinyl. It wasn't mastered for vinyl. It was only mastered for CD at the time because we just did CDs of it. Vinyl, nobody nobody cared about vinyl in 2006 or whatever. We did because that we was did. like our whole... We did. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> one, one guy. No, yeah. Yeah. No, these two right here. Yeah. Yes. Dan and Jeff Beautiful. did. <laughs> good, good. Because you guys know. You're in the, you know what you're doing. Vinyl yeah, well, because is, that, that ambience is important. Like, even if you can't... You can't physically hear it. It changes everything yep. else. It's a yep. very, very important. Jeff's going to do 20 minutes on vinyl. Oh, I'm going to no, go take no, a piss. Yeah. Well, like, even, uh, even, Don't get like, me started. <laughs> even on a wave. Well, dude, it, Love you, dude. Think about it. This like I don't know how people don't recognize this. Number one, you're putting it, if you once you put something to a CD, you've just compressed it. So you're losing the highs and you're losing the lows. Yep. Vinyl keeps all of it. Right. And something that I thought was crazy, I didn't realize this, 180 gram... <laughs> bullshit you don't need it to that doesn't matter it doesn't do nothing no like so as long as you have you're getting a like a an actual representation of what the band recorded if you have it taken from tape to vinyl now people do pro tools and then they compress it anyway so it's from i was gonna say my only argument for that scott is if you recorded it digitally then yes. there's no reason but, to listen to it on vinyl. But if you've recorded but, analog, yeah, that's actually believe it or not, that's actually the reason why I became a Lenny Kravitz fan. He is such a huge proponent of analog. Oh, I, oh, he's shaking his. Awesome. Not here, but he here's is. The thing, I want to hear the this. Thing. A lot of the like, um, like Pro Tools is getting so much faster now, and their bit rates are getting to a point where like soon are they up to 36 nana- now? I think. Yeah, like it's crazy. So you're going to be able to. You'll have lossless audio soon. Yes, yes. So once they do that and they put that to vinyl, then you're fine. But yeah, so fear. A couple things about fear. One, we like you're you're nobody's still hearing it correctly. It's not on vinyl, and you're not getting the full. Because when you hear that on vinyl and you turn it up, it's going to sound like you're at the studio with us. Period. Second. That record was fucking recorded live. Right. Yeah, like, it was. I was in a room, Marty was standing beside me, and Jeff was in another room, and we played the songs. It wasn't like, you know, I literally, like, we did it all, we recorded it all together, and then if you watch the DVD, there's a scene where I'm about down at doing the guitar by myself. Yeah. That, that wasn't me fixing anything. That was me doing the other stereo guitar. So... I, we recorded that totally live, like not, we never went up and like fixed anything. We never, like it wasn't, we didn't punch anything. We literally started from the beginning of the song and played it and then finished it. Right. So, but I definitely think that the reason why people don't get the full aspect of it is because they're not listening to it. And it's our fault because we can't put vinyl out of it because we don't own it. Warner Brothers bought Ferret, so we can't even get it. How long? I don't know wow. if we'll it. Is that like wow. is that like a ten years from now? We could get a maybe, 
Well, I mean, we've been, we've, we're, tr- we're getting in the process now of talking to these people and we're going to try Warner brothers is completely like insane to talk to about it. Cause they want you, they want you to, it's like 40 grand pretty much. Cause you have to manufacture from their vinyl Jesus. places. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, it's just out of like, we, we would lose money. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. If we would even just break even, we'd do it because I want that on vinyl so bad. So you should yeah, crowdfund no, that. Let's say I'd buy man. it, so that's like what thirty bucks. <laughs> we yeah. got, yeah, we got so, that going on, you know. Yeah, I'll like, tell you what, yeah. Man, yeah. If you if you crowdfund it, man, you got you got three people in this room you that got would ninety be, right that there. Be, so <laughs> that's uh, you can cash that check. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think there was something else you said that was kind of funny, but I think so. Funeral of God. When we did that one, Steve yeah. Peck is my idol. That's what I said. He loves Steve. Yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk later. Um, we we disagreed heavily. We officially found the thing Steve's, Scott doesn't want released. I love him. I love Steve's one of he's still one of my closest friends. I love that dude. But there was a lot of like stuff you had to do on that record, regardless. Sure. Steve stepped in and dude, he did such a such a great job with what he had. So I'm so happy. Um, but so Funeral of God was pretty pr- produced, but there was a reason for that because like Ferret signed us and ferret automatically wanted to try to break into that like rising metalcore scene like the kill switch engages and stuff we never wanted it definitely to do that showed on well that. yeah but it was yeah. zeo's big return right you know yeah, in a yeah, sense yeah. you know so like but you can tell even like that that record is a little more formulaic like in like first chorus first chorus it's br- like, like rock we, yeah i consider it the yeah, zeo like rock record song, yeah 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 and we dude like i rising end and like praise the war machine and last revelation we will never not play those songs yeah, you I can't love those you songs. can't fuck with those songs they're great yeah there's yeah so but we would have made the fear immediately like that was like really where we wanted to go um now i completely understand people i, I think doing a live record's kind of tough and i wouldn't want to do that necessarily again and I think that's what makes the well-intentioned virus record so awesome to me is like, it's perfectly where we like that. It's, it sounds good enough. I, that like, I love the, the way the production works on that record, but we found a really good way to like make a record that's raw, but still like nice and crisp and clean. Listenable. But yeah. still, yeah, but doesn't lose like the energy of like actually playing. Um, but I do, yeah, I really think like once you listen, if you, if we had a vinyl version of the fear on really good speakers, it would, it, it, it would totally change people's perception of it. Cause like for me, that's other than the well-intentioned virus, the fear is my favorite Zaya record. And then now this, the I'm not the only my, one. All right. Three of us. You said Brett Cass was your favorite record, which I don't get at all. But anyway, no, I said that was Joe. my favorite one to listen yeah. to. Okay. Russ loves that record too. That record's weird to me. Oh, I mean, it's I super like it, fucking weird. Uh, it doesn't okay. make any sense that I like it, but every time I start playing it, I'm like, okay, I'm in. It's kind of dickish in a couple places. Like, it almost sounds like the band's fucking with me a little bit, but Bell like, I don't mind it me. as much anymore. You know? Um, <laughs> well, when I just when I said about like a band kind of like just like reeling it in and not being a hundred percent, that record was kind of not a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Ah. Serious question though: Is the singing Dan? Jesse or both at the same time? All most of it's Dan. That's what I said. Oh, okay. It sounds okay. like Dan speaking wrong, voice, then. but singing yeah. like that that deeper register, almost like Johnny Cash kind of. 
yep. sound. Yeah, most of it's most of it's Dan. Jesse did sing a little bit, but most of it's Dan. That was my argument. Was suspense suspension had to be both of them, just the way that the tone was. But yeah, no, that actually that was all Dan. No, okay, that's I'm wrong. awesome. <laughs> all right, so point, round one, Mr. Point, T. Point me, yeah. Like, I'm gonna get back to the whole ferret uh, Warner Brothers thing. A good man. Oh yeah. Have you guys uh, mess uh, talked with them about flack? Well, like this is what is. It's just it. It kills me. Like you can't. They won't do anything. Like oh, period. So okay, so it's yeah, not just so a vinyl like, thing. It's it's just they won't do yeah, anything like, unless you pay them yeah, the, the upfront yeah, cost. They, okay, they have they have no interest to revisit any of that stuff. And instead of like just giving it to us to like licensing it to us at a reasonable price, they would rather just try to make a ton of money from it. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. I'm, it's it's crazy to me now that the tooth sucks. and nail stuff yeah the tooth and nail stuff's owned by capital we have lines of communication with capital that i think like we could probably do more with that stuff but the ferret warner brothers thing is just yeah i was hoping that you know to get you know, there's a whole loss and because flack is a law is a digital yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a lossless the, audio version. Uh, uh, what is what is the file size? Isn't it like it's huge? It's huge. But where it, MP3 would be one meg per minute, FLAC is like ten per, per minute, yeah, roughly. Yeah, it's it's okay. like it's fifty to sixty percent larger than MP3. If I if I'm not but mistaken. See, so FLAC though is still smaller than a wave file, right? Yes. Yeah, FLAC is a lossless audio format, though, but it is digital. But the way the algorithm algorithm works is they can actually compress, they still compress it without it becoming, uh, the audio itself becoming compressed. It's still a lossless audio format. A 30 format. meg wave oh, okay. file becomes a 15 meg FLAC. Wasn't it like they compress yeah. like the silence? No, no, More it's actually so even better than the, Wave because it is considered data. lossless. It's actually lossless. So it's like the same thing as hmm. vinyl in a digital version. But here, this is so... Stick with my vinyl. When we... The, the well-intentioned virus is you can get it flack on Bandcamp or whatever. Oh, or maybe shit. So. I know. Done. Yeah, you can get <laughs> yeah, Sorry, man. Get I didn't know about yeah, that. Yeah, because when I <laughs> yeah, got yeah, the yeah. vinyl, there was a download that could get flack or MP3 yep. or yeah, whatever. You can you get know. lossless. But the thing is, is like... It's coming. That oh, flack. Oh, look at that! Hey, did you, did <laughs> nice. you see that? Yeah. <laughs> I almost wore my shirt that came with that, but I was like, "That's fucking lame." <laughs> yeah, that's right. on the top of my that, stack. That, all right, all right. Let, let's get something very, very so clear good. here. We're total fanboys, so we're 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 very happy that you're gracious Jeff, enough to appear. On our, I told you never to go full <laughs> fanboy. <laughs> well, for me, it was like one of those. Like I was like, I need to drink a lot and just focus on neurosis because if not, I'm going to turn into like that. Do you remember when you guys did Liberate? Like, that was awesome. You know, like, it, you know. Like the Chris Farley show? Right. Dude, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, man. And it was the Chris Farley show. It was the best thing ever. And she, like, dude, this person didn't even know our song titles. Like, it was, it was, it was, like, literally the Chris Farley show. And oh, we shit. and laughed wow. afterwards. It was That's so rough. awesome. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, like, hey, Scott, so you remember when you made that record called Blood and Fire? Actually, that was Brett. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. That wasn't me. <laughs> I might have to put you guys on hold a second because I think my I think there's some stuff on the floor. So let me clean this up. Yeah, I'll put you guys dude. on hold. Just, no just dude, I could not thing, get man. it any more than I get it. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there, man. <laughs> dude, every everybody loves new metal now. It's hot now. 
Well, yeah, now that Chester Bennington offed himself. He went from being the worst musician ever to he's the voice of our generation. Well, I, I will say I will say this, you know, we might have puck a little fun at him. We may not necessarily like all the releases from Lincoln Park. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's agreeable for all of us. I mean, hybrid theory was pretty fucking amazing when diamond. I mean, obviously every a lot of, every song was a hit. Yeah, it really was. But n- nobody should ever go out like that. I mean, I I know Chris Cornell went out like that, and then he did. They it. determine his was a suicide. Cornell's, yeah, he I hung mean, himself. He hung himself, and he was full of. Well, I thought they were like questioning whether or not that, but then they released. Yeah, that they, he they, was they did, himself. but the toxicology said that he did some. He ingested some negative things that Ooh. make your body do weird things and make you think and feel different things. Oh wait, Scott's back. Yeah, Almost. Hey, hey, dude, you, your ceiling is Ish, amazing. You know, uh, can, yeah, we were. I'm you, digging the fuck out of that ceiling. Yeah, I was about ready to go <laughs> deep on the whole uh, Chris Cornell Chester Bennington thing right when you uh, got back online. I, I, I have a. Uh, you have a conspiracy theory? No, no, I, oh, I, I really don't. I he has I, legitimate I, sadness. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I, I I lost somebody really, really close to me uh, about six months ago to suicide, and it, it's okay. I I know a lot of people think you know, like sack up and be fucking tough. Oh, just you, nut up, man. No. Just just you, take you, a walk and true. nut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, whatever. You, Fuck you, those people. Walk you, on home, boy. You, you, you can't. <laughs> you know. You don't say the same thing <laughs> to somebody who has cancer. You yeah. don't say the same thing to somebody who has AIDS or somebody who has Parkinson's. It, you know, mental illness is a is a real thing. It, you know, the problem is is that it's it's difficult to to physically see it. You, you know, you know, whenever somebody has AIDS, you can tell because their autoimmune system doesn't work right. You can tell when somebody has cancer because of the, you know, the treatments that they're going through. Mm-hmm. But whenever somebody's, you know, you know, got a mental illness, I mean, it's just as real. The problem is, is that it's, it's hard to see the problems. Can you, can you pause the music? Joe? Yeah, sorry. I, but that but it was a great song. It, it's a great <laughs> song. It just it was kind of distracting me. That's all. That's all. I, I apologize about that. But, you, you know, mental illness is something that's really, really important to me because, you know, the person in my life who recently committed suicide was really important to me and somebody that was really, really close to me. And, and it was important to me in my formative years because uh, I literally spent every summer at her house. as a kid you know you know so you know she was a very 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 important person to me but mental illness you know gets shit on by a lot of people especially in the the metal community because you know we're you know we're tough guys and you know we're you know we're supposed to be bad motherfuckers i'm sure we are Mm -hmm. but <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's true. I mean, you know, there's that whole, you know, persona that we're supposed to give off, you know, about how badass we are. But the, but at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what's happened to us, whether it's mentally or it's something that, you know, like cancer, AIDS or you know, whatever it may be. I mean, when it affects you, I mean, you 
you, you can't help it. I mean, it, 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 it takes over you, you know, and it changes who you are. And whenever I hear all these people that are shitting on Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington about the things that they've done to themselves and, 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 and the family and the friends that they left behind. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. I feel for that family and friends, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, they had an illness. Yeah. I mean, well, and people don't listen in and realize that, yeah, that's a real thing. They just, they just blow it off and say, you know, nut up. And it, it's, that's not true. That's not how it works. And, no, you're totally right. And you can't, well, and the people who say those things, and if they have somebody that's close to them that has, you know, killed themselves and it, there's something else that's to that person that, you know, they're not being honest with themselves. That's how I feel. Like I, I recently listened to something uh, uh, um, about Chester Bennington and somebody said that he just needed to nut up because he had six kids. Well, yeah. Think what it takes to ha- to leave six kids then too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to be like to get to the point where your only way out is death and you're leaving a wife, six kids, friends, family. I can't comprehend that. So think about what it means to, to leave that. Yeah. When like, you, yeah, I, I just don't understand how people don't like well, that. I think I said about it earlier. There was a documentary I watched that just destroyed me. I think the, I think it was called boy interrupted. Okay. All right. I'll have to and check that out. It's, it's in, it's unbelievable because it really does show what meant like depression, mental illness, whatever you want to call it it really showcases how it's probably out of all of those diseases is like one of the hardest one, hardest ones to like actually cure. It's not curable. Just like, I mean, this dude like went, the stuff they did with this kid was just unbelievable. I mean, he talked about like killing himself when he was like six and seven years old. It's just yeah. like they, I think they figured out he was bipolar and he was on lithium. Yeah. That, <laughs> they that's... had him on yeah, yeah it's well, a bad idea. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the uh, that, that's, all, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 you're fine. And, I mean, what I like, just kind of on your point, but it if people really think like it, all it is is just an easy like, oh, I'll just suck it up. Like you're complete. You'd have no idea what you're talking about. You have absolutely yeah. zero idea because it is. It's so, it's so debilitating to these people. It really is. And and you're right. And bipolar is the toughest thing. Like the person that, that I'm talking about, she, she, she was bipolar. Okay. And, um, yeah, that was pretty tough. But the fucked up thing for her is that the therapist that she was seeing committed suicide. Oh, I, I'm like, oh fuck. Okay. I'm like, uh, uh, what kind of direction does that put? everybody that he was quote unquote treating in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even trust what this person had told me Yeah, it, two it, weeks ago, you know, like, right. It, and truthfully, ever since then, she was on a downward spiral. I mean, we tried everything, family support, you know, friends, medication, you know, therapy, uh, when somebody's in that situation, there's nothing, there's almost nothing yeah, just, that you can do. I mean, like it, we, we tried, 
I can't think seriously going through it. I can't think of anything that we didn't try. And that's the sad thing is like, there's nothing you can do. There's really nothing. Like most people say it's just a matter of when for a lot of these people. Cause like you, you can do everything you can literally make their, you could give them like millions of dollars and a perfect life. And they will every find fault medicine in it. you, yes, like you, it still doesn't matter. Right. And, and that's exactly where we were at. We, we literally didn't know, we didn't know what to do. And this was not the first time she tried to commit suicide. Wow. And, and, and the problem is, is that when you're, what the, the aftermath, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, Everything we tried didn't work. We try to go back and we look at it. You know, the thought process is what else could we, could we do? Yeah. It it really makes you look at it from, hey, you know, there's other people that suffer from the same situation. Mm -hmm. Well, like, well, what can we do to help them? Yeah. And like, we're we're in St. Louis, and there's a family uh, here in St. Louis. and uh, okay. and uh, actually, uh, I, I'm I'm really familiar with them because that's actually was one of my wife's friends was actually my wife's my wife's roommate in college, and their son committed suicide and they went through everything and Jeez, my, my my first thought was is like because it didn't affect me personally it didn't affect me directly it was like well what the fuck was wrong with him it yeah. it doesn't affect you until it's personal no i mean i i held the same idea of like you just need to nut up you need to do this or that this or that because i came from a very religious background so i was taught that you know it's the ultimate sin you can never be forgiven for this and and all that and then when i was going through it a couple years ago like it started off as like i was working as a technician a cable technician and everybody fucking hates their cable company right so like I was working from. I love my cable. Company. I was working from. <laughs> That's because you work for your cable company. But like bastard. I was work, I was working from like seven a.m. Right. to seven or seven a.m. to ten p.m. every night for like thirty-five days in a row, no days off, nothing, and I got so jaded because like at the end of the day, like they still paid me so little that like I got to a point where I could be working that crazy ass shift. But, like, it was, I would still at the end of the month be, like, negative $200 on my bills. So it was like, I'm working my ass off. I'm getting screamed at these people, screamed at by these people day in and day out. And, like, I don't have bipolar disorder. And so, like, it it wasn't even, like, for me, it wasn't even, like, a weird thing. Like, it started off as, like, well, my wife and daughter, because I only had one one child at the time. And I remember I was, like, my wife and daughter are you know, really struggling because like I'm working my ass off and I can't, I can't make it. I can't do it. And, and I'm not, I'm not providing. So I'm not, I'm not doing like the main thing that I'm supposed to be responsible for, you know, as a man. And so originally it's, it started off as like just weird little thoughts like, okay, if I accidentally grabbed a power line two feet up from where I'm working, they could cash in that life insurance policy and be set for life. And not have to worry about 
you know, me going in and grinding it out day in and day out. And then, so that's, and the first time I thought that, I was like, well, that's stupid. I, you know, why would you think something like that? That's stupid or whatever. And then, like, you know, when my wife found out that I was, you know, using tobacco and, you know, that wasn't like, it didn't really line up with like the, Christian man that she had married and like all this stuff. So like in my mind, even though this wasn't true, it was like, well, my wife hates me and I'm not making enough money to do what I need to do. And I'm not doing anything creatively. I haven't done anything musically in years. And like, I'm just kind of this burned out person that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, three weeks down from working that kind of schedule and not having any time to reflect and not having any time to myself, it was literally like this whole like electrocute myself and kill myself and then get the, all the money and all that. It after a while, it became the only logical choice. It stopped being this dumb thought that I had to being the only you know, reality. The only reality, like 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 this is you know like if you want to be all Spock about it, this is the only logical thing to do. <laughs> in this in this regard and uh so you know i ended up getting hospitalized for it because i just i got to a point where i ended up calling a supervisor like midday one day just like totally out of nowhere like everybody thinks i'm fine and then i just call out of nowhere and i'm like i need to get out of here before i hurt myself or somebody else you know like this is gonna be this is gonna get really bad and then i ended up in i ended up in the hospital which was like probably the worst experience I'd ever I'd ever had which was like mm-hmm. yeah but you're, all, like, but you're also fucking lucky because a lot of people don't actually have don't actually get to that point I mean I think I was reasonable enough at that point to realize that what I was thinking was wrong like what I was thinking was fucked up and so I was like you know I mean I still thought that way and I still thought that it was completely legit and I did go through that period where I was like I'm just gonna do it and I don't want anybody to, to know about it and in my case I was gonna like make it seem like an accident so like nobody would have had a bad thing to say about me afterwards you know but it was just one of those like really fucked up situations where I was like I don't I don't know what else to do and um when I went to the hospital though I was treated like a criminal like from the second I went in you know, to the second I left, like, they're talking to my wife about, like, signing my rights away as far as, like, they can hold me for as long as they need to hold me, which I kind of took as more of, like, a, they're just trying to collect a paycheck. They want to be able to transfer me to another facility and hold me there for X amount of days, and the bill's going to rack up, the bill's going to rack up, and, and all this stuff. And I never – I didn't even get to speak to anybody about what I was feeling or about, like, what was going on with me until, like – I think it was like it was a couple days before they actually sent and the and the the doctor that I talked to was just like I'm going to give you this medicine and you're going to feel better about everything and yeah um, that's that's a difference and it's weird cuz like yeah, during, that's a difference during between that, a psychologist and a a psychiatrist right I'm mean, so yeah. like during that process that was when I kind of just snapped out of it a little bit you know like it's cuz my life had been interrupted to a point where I was able to kind of think more clearly I wasn't stuck in that, like, same daily rut day in and day out. But, like, when you look at the hospital system and the way that suicide is talked about, it really, in a sense, it makes people... It's taboo. It makes people not want to reach out. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, when somebody, when a famous rock star dies, everybody posts on their Facebook page, like, oh, well, this is the suicide hotline and shit. And I can tell you, like, I've called the suicide hotlines. I've I've talked to these people. I've done all this shit, and... 
I never, I never ended that phone call feeling like feeling better about oh, anything yeah. mm-hmm. or feeling like, you know, it really helped me. So like, and I think there, there's this certain stigma of they're like, well, why don't you just take some days off? And I'm like, well, where I work, there's no option for that. You know, there's no way, you know, because for whatever reason, people's TV and their internet is more important than like my mental well-being. you know? <laughs> and so. And even if you get the days off, you can't like, you don't get paid. Right. Like, right. You're going to so be like, taking days off in like four days. Say you take three or four days. Like if I did that, I don't make a bill that month then. Right, <laughs> right. yeah. You're, you're you're calling the electric company being like, please don't turn it off. What's yep. the minimum amount I can pay to get it, you know? And so, like, that was... Uh that was for me like the biggest thing. And I, and I had talked about this a little bit on the, on, on a previous episode, but it was like one of those things where the only thing that really kept me going is this idea of, I am more than what, than what I am right now. Like I kind of felt like, like a real husk, you know, of a person, but I was like, you know, let's look at the things that I'm into. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to not be around to experience, you know, the new contortionist album, or I don't want to be not around. Oh yeah, the, yeah. yeah the, the, we talked about that. We we were oh, like, you think we're fans? Is amazing. You think we're Zao fanboys, but we're like super like contortionist a thousand percent. Because I remember listening to their album Language, and it was like I had to listen to that every day after the whole super suicide thing. Yeah, you it, know, to, Dan's to not really, joking about that. That that's actually that's what saved Dan. That's truthfully what saved me too. I mean, after the person I was talking about after her committing suicide and like Dan's like, Hey, you should check this out. He had no idea what was going on in my personal life. And he's like, just check this out. And I'm like, wow. I mean, this is, I can connect with it. It makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel like a human being makes me feel alive. It makes me feel like I have a life worth living. Well, and I had the, I also had the new Zayo record that I was waiting on, you know? So it was one of those, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. one of those, like, so good job. I mean, like, perfect yeah. timing, you know? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> like, man. Tw- you know, yeah, like, yeah. Tw- you know. 2016 was super, super, well, 2015 and 2016 were super important for both of us. So. Well, that was my recovery, man. Yeah, and you did like, a good job. It sounds really stupid in the sense of, like, oh, you're just... You're yeah. not going to kill yourself because you want to listen to a new album that comes out. That sounds and that cheesy, sounds but really it's the fucking truth. dumb. But like, in a certain nope, sense, that's... it was like I don't want to miss anything either. And like, maybe that's if I had bipolar disorder, I might not have felt that way in that moment. You know. Well, think about it too. Like, it sounds like to me that you were more of a, a situational depression, absolutely, than like a chemical imbalance. For sure, right? for sure, yeah. And so, just that alone, look how close you came. So think about it like super close. Yeah. Do when, when people have like a legitimate chemical imbalance that they, that they're like, they couldn't reasonably think that I, I want to, I want to be here for my kids. I want to be here for the next whatever record. Like, man, just, just situational depression alone is, is scary. So, uh, it dude. And it's like, to me too, I think the most important thing and I don't know if this helps really people that have chemical imbalance, but just knowing when you get like, for me, like I listen to a band and like most of the time the dudes in there, if they're real people, you're going to feel like I'm not alone. Yeah. That's you really know, like important. Not, yeah. It really is. Like I'm not alone in this like weird situation that has put me in a point where like I would be willing to grab a power cable. Cause like, there's dudes out there that are, they feel exactly the same way as I do. And, you know. Yeah, I mean, even that Zayo DVD, it was before, 
it was before that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I watched that way, Ooh, you know, okay. way before, almost a decade before that. And, uh, but I remember, like, because I had dealt with depression when I got, you know, when things got rough, you know, and you, people want to call me a coward for that or whatever. But, like, I remember listening to Dan's whole thing about, you know, before he joined Zao and how he had all these friends and that had committed suicide yeah. and, you know, that he was part of that group of people and that, you know, it was, it was a reality for him as well. That was like really, um, that affected me a lot and actually helped me deal with depression a lot, you know, during those times, you know, whenever it was like really bad. And, uh, but yeah, it's that whole feeling of not being alone and not mm-hmm. feeling like, you know, but like, and I couldn't believe it because like, I was one of the people that I was like, I guess the success story in the sense that like, I did reach out and I did talk to people about it, Yeah. but the experience was so bad. I was like, I totally understand why people don't. Yeah. Like, I totally understand why people don't. Oh, cool. Thanks. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I totally understand why people don't reach out and why people don't care and why it's so like, it's such a stigma, you know, because everybody, everybody wants to compare themselves to everyone else. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I listen to other podcasts and I think, well, I could do that better. Or I could, you know, do this interview. Like, and I feel like it's the same thing with suicide because, like, people are like, well, that's just the ultimate cop out and it's this and that and this and that. And I know we're going in circles, but like, this whole Chester Bennington thing was like a really big deal. Not mm-hmm. as much to me personally, but holy shit, I got so many phone calls after that happened, you know, were, and it, part of it was just like, hey, are you guys going to do a Linkin Park tribute episode or something? And I was like, I, I don't know, you know, and it's not really, it's not really our bag, but you know, yeah, like, we, we probably will though. We're, yeah. we're not tribute. We but might, just, we, we might we do talk, it. Yeah. Well, we're, we may not have to talk about it because we're kind of doing. Yeah, it we're kind of doing that here, so maybe we're just we bit the bullet on that. But like, it's so. Thanks for putting up with our crap, Scott. Right. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm well. This like when Chris Cornell killed himself. Like my wife, that was her favorite musician. Her like since she was 13. And we like I we saw Soundgarden when they released King Animal, so like right when they came back. For yeah, that. yeah. And like I mean, I love Soundgarden, and I was like super excited because we're pretty decent friends with like Dillinger Escape Plan dudes. Right. And, yeah. And I'm like, man, if if like Soundgarden comes back, like I might be able to call like Greg and maybe like meet them. <laughs> right. Get a backstage right. pass. Yeah. Sure. Like, yeah, just, that, that's how like, we feel whenever meet. you show up to Nashville, man. We we expect to be backstage. <laughs> there, there we go. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, well, seeing him do that was just like, dude, you were you were the success story of like Seattle, man. Because like every all the other dudes that. You know, like the, um, Lane Staley and like the dude from Mother Love Bone. I forget his name, Andy Wood. I think yeah, is that it? yeah, they're all gone. Wood. Yeah, Andrew like a Wood. Lot of yeah, those guys. Yeah, like a lot of those guys end up doing that, and like Cornell kind of beat all of the odds, and like was this was this guy that was like getting into his like middle age, and he was like the middle age rocker that like survived. And dude, like I, I don't even know. Like I, I get so angry because I'm like, did is it really? that he took too many out of van and it like put him in a state where it was just, I can't do this anymore. Or was like, or was he really just thinking that he was going to do this? And it was a plan the whole time. Like, yeah, it's, right. It's, it's impossible just, to know really, we'll, we'll but never yeah. really yeah. know. But yeah, it, since I, you know, the, the person who committed suicide, they're actually related to me. And it, okay. it turns out that, you know, some of this stuff is hereditary. So I, I actually went on, I'm on medication. Mm-hmm. My life's infinitely better because of it. 
But yeah, it, it, you never know. But stuff like that's, I mean, it, it it's really yeah. scary because it only takes it only takes one weak moment. Oh yeah, one weak moment, and it not only does it end your life and it changes everybody else's world. It, you know that that was the hard thing. Like I, I I work with a couple of people that are like they they worship at the altar of Chris Cornell. Okay. And you know, it it really affected you know my my professional life actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know the, the people I work with regularly every day they're like fuck you know one of my heroes is gone like yeah. you know a lot of people you know some people just say you know like oh you know fuck him you know he's fucking all these other people up well, I'm like well you know there's a whole lot more to the story you know we may never know what it is but I guarantee you there's a whole lot more to it you, 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 you can't you can't just like you know just write it off and just say that you know tough shit it doesn't work that way with mental illness think about people put themselves in like their own perspective and they completely like wash away anybody else's so chris cornell if you i'm trying to think i'm gonna like get my thoughts so like the people that like can't stand gay people or hate gay people or religious people or anybody like people that like i just gay people it's a choice and blah 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 like which it's absolutely not and it's proven it's not but like think about it this way uh, can can you choose to be gay like if if you think it's such a choice like why are you not choosing it then like why are you right, yeah can you go do that so it's the same thing like put yourself in that position like think about what it must be like that you have come to the conclusion and decision that the only step you can take is to end your life and, and you're gone. You're going to be gone from your kid's life. You're going to be gone from your wife's life. You're not going to be able to experience things anymore. The, the, you can't fathom that. So like, why would you pretend like if it's easier for you to nut up or whatever, why do you think that that dude can do that? Like what makes you think that he's anything like you and what gives you the right to pretend like he's anything like you, that he can just, well, like I have sad things happen to me. So like I get, I get through it. Dude, everybody's different. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you don't have a mental illness. You don't have an, uh, like a, any kind of illness, it, like a brain illness or whatever. And who's to say he even like whatever he, whatever was wrong or whatever happened to him. Uh, just people that, can't understand other people have different perspectives in life to me it just drives me crazy like i empathize with human beings so like i never put my like i try to put myself in people's shoes and i never expect them to be whatever i think that they're going to be the same way so that's awesome yeah 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 yeah, you know Go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I just became a big fan of your Scott just because of that. Seriously. I mean, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, life is all about perspectives. It, it, yep. it, and you can't just look at it from your own. There's, nope. there's, yeah. there's literally, you know, what billions because it, every human being has a different outlook on life. So you, you, you can't pigeonhole anybody. And it's actually the reason why I'm not a big fan of uh, labels when it comes to music as well. 
is mm-hmm. because I'm like, you know, it's music. Either I connect with it or I don't. You know what? And just because I don't connect with it doesn't mean that Dan won't. You know, yeah. Dan Dan might love it. And well, I'm you know, like, if I love it, I'm right and you're wrong, right? <laughs> so like that's, that's yeah, how that's, that works. Yeah, yeah, that's why I keep my opinion to myself when I, I look at all these these weird uh, industrial metal bands out of Switzerland because I because <laughs> I do like them. Yeah. yeah. Well, me. Yeah. One guy yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Cybreed, yeah. <laughs> Clarfield. Yeah, I love that kind yeah, of shit. There you go, dude. Yeah, it's and it, dude, like like I just like think about like how different people are in their tastes in food. Like everybody has different tastes. So, and I, like, yeah, I never understood that thing too. I think like the idea of a music reviewer should just be abolished. Cause like, you're honestly, don't give me crap. Like it's your opinion. That's all it yeah. is. It's not, That's why I stopped doing it. That was my, that was my yeah. big thing for years. Is I was trying to make it as a music reviewer. And after a while I was like, it doesn't fucking matter what I say, whether you like it or don't like it is really all that matters in the end, you know, like, like you cut through the beef of all of it and it's like, mm-hmm. I either like this or I don't like it. That's the only point of a review. Yeah. Cause you can, you can break down, you can like look at the aesthetics, right? And you can be like, well, this guy didn't play the guitar riff good or like the drummer was off time here or, or any of that stuff. But sometimes so what? Like, I don't know if you, you guys ever listen to Swans. Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah. They're not for everybody. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. But, like, are you going to tell a, a Swans fan, like, that's legitimately right there. That's, like, not music. No, it is. Well, and I've listened to that, seriously, my whole life about Zao, you know, at least since 2002, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, people are like, that sounds, that sounds demonic. And I'd be all like, well, if we're talking about Blood and Fire, it's definitely not. You know, but then, you know, like later Zayo albums where they're like, well, I read the lyrics online and it doesn't sound very Christian to me. And I'm like, well, that's because it's not, you know, yeah, like it's, it's just one of those, like, it's a straight up, like, I don't feel, I, love, I don't oh, feel, dude, I, I don't feel soul. betrayed because the band doesn't consistently deliver Christian lyrics. But like, I think what's more important is that like, it's not important necessarily that like what you listen to confirms your worldview. Mm-hmm. as much as it's just like this is where it's at it's real it's what's going on now with that singer that vocalist that that guitarist that drummer you know like that it's 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 an emotional outlet for them as a person and mm-hmm. like you you have to be really spiritually immature to say that well my spirituality is based on what this band's doing more so than yeah, it's based on like what I'm doing, because like if you're a diehard Christian and you believe that 100 percent and you don't agree with everything that's in Zayo lyrics or whatever, that should still be okay. If you like, if you if you still like the band, then who gives a shit what they're singing about necessarily? You know, because like I listen to shit like Slayer and Deicide and stuff, and like obviously that that really contradicts a little bit with my worldview, but like. It doesn't bother me on the sense that in the sense that it bothers everyone else apparently. Think about like Slayer, for example. Um Tom Araya is like a Catholic. It's a it's a <laughs> right. little it's a little fake. Dude, it's a little he, like, fake. Goes to yeah. Church. Yeah, yeah, like he goes to church and then Kerry King is like me and he is really angry for some reason about it. And he's more pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. He writes lyrics that are pretty against everything, but I guess that's another thing too, for me, like I'm kind of, I, 
I'm not offended is a bad word, but like, I think when people do things just to like cause someone to like have a knee jerk reaction, I think you're doing that. Like, you know, like it's kind of a shitty thing to do. You're not really like, you're not like giving somebody knowledge or informing them. You're kind of just, you just want to make them offended or whatever. And for me, like no matter what Zayo does, regardless of where our beliefs are or any of that stuff, like, my purpose and what I'd want to see is I want to just give people our perspective and give them, give them like, here's where, here's why we think the way we do. And here, here's something to maybe like help you think outside of your box. That to me is way cooler than like cradle of filth making Jesus as a concerts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, like, it's all to make like, money, right? You know, yeah, in like the it's, end, it's the shock. Even value. that, yeah, it's like a shock thing. It's more, there's not really substance there. It's more or less this to like cause like, you know, some dude that thinks Satan's cool is going to get your shirt. You know what I mean? Which is yeah, like hilarious ghost. to me too. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I don't even like understand ghost. that thing. Like most people, the if they don't believe, like, yeah, if you don't like Christianity, cool. Like, why are you, why are you like cool with like part of Christianity? <laughs> if you're like into Satan, it's just so dumb. But like, Satanists are essentially just atheists that a little um, extra vocal. See, I don't don't disagree. It's weird because, like, I don't disagree necessarily with some of the aspects of Satanism, like the like the like the modern aspects of it. Because it's not just like anti God. Like we're going to take all the Psalms and rearrange the words, and you know, and all that. But like, yeah, like I like the I like the idea of like problem with authority. Make yep. your own decisions. Contribute mm-hmm. to humanity to co- contribute to humanity as you see fit. Like that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Well, and uh, I love I, I love seeing the satanic temples and satanic churches like fighting against all the like freedom of speech and freedom of religion stuff. So if you like, when when the public is paying for like a state, you know, or like the whatever the state capital, like you you like the state itself cannot prefer religion over any other one so you can't have the ten commandments there you just can't do it and i love how they're throwing back the baphomet statues in their faces it's not even that they want those (laughs) statues there it's just that they don't want any statue there (laughs) right if you guys are as serious about this as you say you are then you should have no problem putting uh you know baphomet statue in your capital you know like you should be fine with that because you're supposed to be celebrating diversity in religion Mm -hmm. you know and uh and of course you know you've got a whole bunch of old white guys that are you know super baptist or whatever you know that are like no 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 it's only okay if it's my religion you know and that's the thing too like don't those people recognize like they're living in a time right now where like american christianity has kind of got a pretty good stranglehold on everything like what happens in like 150 years if like islam becomes more americanized and that becomes the more main religion i don't want to see any of them taking i don't want to see a theocracy on anything no so yeah there's it's a it reason flies in the why. face of what our our country was founded yeah, the- on yeah theology yeah. and yeah. government should not be intermingled absolutely the nope. answer usually is they're going to be dead and they don't care what the answer is in 150 well, it's years like, it's like the whole yeah, gay yeah, thing yeah, which we talked dude, about earlier like joe just hit the nail on the head yeah like but it's like the whole gay thing like it's one of those things where it's like you know you you want to impose these rules or whatever you want to define like what marriage actually is or whatever but like what it really boils down to is i don't like it i'm uncomfortable with it i don't get it 
you know, and and it's like it's, it's like that's not a good enough yeah, because reason. It, yeah, because different. I think the question that needs to be asked is, who is it hurting? Yeah. Well, if is it hurting if somebody? Really into, if they're really into like biblical traditional marriage, they might want to read their Bible again because traditional marriage is like. David married like fifty women. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like there's so there's move to Utah. Marriage, <laughs> traditional marriage was never just a man and a woman like everybody thinks it is. Like like I said, everything's like they've Americanized Christianity. They're not even they. Don't, I don't think most of these people even have ever read their Bible, so they probably have no idea really what's what's in there. Like the same right. thing with all it's these. It's easy like, to show up on Sunday and just agree with whatever's yeah, said. Yeah, sure. That's what it is, dude. And like everybody talks about the Ten Commandments. Like number one, that was Moses. That wasn't Jesus. I don't think they understand that. <laughs> Moses gave those to people. Um, there's just so much stuff that I, it baffles me. It baffles me that people don't know. Well, and I mean, like that, that's an excuse to treat like a fellow human being like shit. Like yeah. that's the part that like really disconnects with me is like, I feel like you can agree and disagree with somebody, but like there's a lot of shit talk, you know, especially online, you know, where everybody's like a keyboard warrior and can like, yeah, you know, articulate whatever it is they think their worldview is. But like, if I'm talking like, let's say I'm offended by the fact that you don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. Like I'm personally offended by it. I'm not gonna fucking say that to you at a show. I'm gonna fucking get on Facebook and trash the fucking shit out of the band because mm-hmm. that's the easier route to take. You know, oh, dude, we had <laughs> we we had somebody uh, do like like Facebook message us. Oh shit! And they basically yeah, they basically were like because well we we did that like reverb pedal with abominable pedals which yeah or abominable electronics yeah and that. Patrick, the guy that owns it, is one of the coolest dudes ever. Dude's super anti-Christian. Like, his pedals even say Enemy of God on them. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so he's a, he's a creator fan. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. <laughs> but, and some dude messaged us and was like, how can you, first of all, it got on, like, a whole different topic, because it, like, he started out, like, because uh, that dude made a pedal called the Hate Stomper with Donald Trump's face, and like you can step on it, and it's like his neck all ripped open. I need to and get And the guy's that. like, "Yeah, it's <laughs> sick." And the no. guy's like, "How can you call yourselves a Christian band and not respect the president?" And I'm like, "Oh man, this is well." I don't get think bad. that you've. Got, I don't think that you've ever called yourself a Christian band. <laughs> like, yeah, we. we never I don't. Have, I don't remember man. that. Like maybe in like the old days with like Sean and like all that. Yeah. Maybe, but like I don't. I don't remember the Dan, the Dan Scott Russ. Yeah. Era of Zayo ever saying that. You know, like. No. Yeah. And we basically came back to him, and we came to the point where he's we're like, "You haven't listened to our band for 15 years, have you?" Clearly, <laughs> like, yeah. You have no idea what you're. You're rocking. About. You're rocking blood and fire and splinter shards pretty hard. Yeah, dude, like <laughs> you're just angry. You're just an angry dude, and we're not going to get through to you. Like I even threw out like this guy. This guy was a veteran too, and I'm like, first and foremost, thank you for your service. For sure. Secondly, yeah. how can you respect a guy that deferred three times because he had a little toe hurt? Like I don't understand. I I just don't understand how these people do this and. We went back and forth and back and forth, and the dude like supposedly had a Zayo tattoo, and I'm like, "Have you not listened to our band? Like, why would you get a tattoo if you don't like? We haven't been the band you think we are for at least 15 years." So it got a it got a little heated, and that's like you said, it's like a guy on Facebook. What are we gonna do? Like, 
tried to end it. We pretty much ended it like, look, we can agree to disagree. Don't listen to our band anymore. Totally right, cool. sure. <laughs> you know? Sorry. You um, know, like, I'm sorry I disappointed you, but it wasn't my intention, but I'm not going to, like, change myself to yeah, to do to, yeah. to conform with like what it is that you've got and that honestly like was hail what what a what really attracted me to the band even initially when i was more religious even was the honesty mm-hmm. this this idea of like hey guess what everything's not as cookie cutter as you think it is you know i mean you look at like yeah. even you know i know like pray to cast isn't like your you know magnum opus but like <laughs> uh, you know even even songs like uh like uh suspend suspension you know like that's about like a really real topic like you know yeah. everybody's like oh well you know who actually you know strangles themselves while masturbating well it turns out that like a lot of people do so yeah. like you know it's David one of those Carradine. things where like i totally get it you know um well, and, dude did you ever did you ever read about michael hutchins from mm, in excess huh that dude never did that. Oh I, yeah. Until until this year, I didn't. Wow. I thought that dude did it, and he. That's crazy. Basically, like his ex-wife started the rumor. Because wow. He the reason he killed himself was because she wouldn't let him see his kids, and like wow. hit her new boyfriend or whatever was Bob Geldof, the guy that was in Pink Floyd, The Wall, That's and like did that up. live aid. Dude, yeah. he's like, I'm never letting you see your kids. So he like literally was just. He was, he was a depressed. He, he was a depressive. Shit. Yeah, understandably he, like, so. He hung himself, and everybody's like, "Oh, and she's like, yeah, he uh, he liked to auto asphyxiate himself, uh, and it was totally fake. And she made it up bullshit, just so yeah. she didn't get the blame." A lot of people don't believe in karma, but I mean, Peaches Geldof—that's Bob's daughter. I mean, she's no longer with us. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, I, like, I, mean, I mean, how did how how does Bob feel now? Yeah, I look at it too. I like I don't necessarily believe in anything, but I think that the universe—it's all connected. Yeah, man, you can you, the stuff you throw out is going to come back. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, if you're like a crappy person, you'll eventually get that back. To I've you. seen evidence of that, you know. Like, yeah. and it's it's. I got a buddy of mine that uh, just recently got accused of uh, of child molestation. You know, oh man, and like I know the dude like personally, I know that it's like completely off base. It's bullshit, we but it's one know. of those things where it's like no matter what he does at this point, it's gonna it's gonna always follow him. Yep, and that's just like completely like it just it just sucks. You know that like yeah. it's at that deal because like we I went and visited him a couple weeks ago and I hung out with him and we played Nintendo games and it was a lot of fun and. We watched like the Power Rangers movie and all that stuff, and we had a ton of Was fun. Was it any good? I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> we liked it. We liked it a lot. Do you like yeah. the Power Rangers, cool. Scott? I have. Th- that was a little bit after me, right? Like, I uh, was if you like, like Power Rangers, go see it. It's exactly what okay. you want. If you to like be. a totally stupid premise, but like they own yeah, it, I don't a hundred percent. You know, then it's cool. You know, I think I'm Scott's in. closer to my. It's age. not going to change your life. But did, you, did you like the Transformers <laughs> back in the day? Well, or he now. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like back in the day, that's like I, that was my stuff. Like I grew up on He-Man, Transformers, Thundercats, all that stuff. The Transformers movies, though. No, the no, first no, no. one. Yeah, I'm talking about like like the cartoons. Yeah, the cartoon movie. Yeah, that was my. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. That's that's the best. They they should have never made another movie. Yeah, that's it. yeah. The first one was great. Yeah, I like that. They kill everybody. 
It's you'll, awesome. you'll be fine with the Power Rangers movie then. <laughs> you'll like it. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's okay. it's Good. just don't go into it thinking it's going to change your life. It's not the it's not the Godfather well, Part Two or something like that. You know, it's I'm Brian a, Cranston plays the part of a wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. that's pretty awesome. But like, I'm a big movie guy. Like, I I literally like I personally get just shakes thinking about going to see last Jedi. Like I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. yeah man, you. you should see Dude, my, I just, you should see my theater room. It's completely star Wars and nothing uh, else. That's incredible. And then like, I just watched all the San Diego comic-con trailers, like the justice league one looks pretty good. Oh yeah. The, um, yeah. The JLA one looks really good, which I was not expecting. One, me too. Well, wonder woman, since wonder woman was so good, I had a feeling they were going to finally get back on track with that them. movie. Yeah. Really surprised me. When yeah. I you mean to tell me this like, whole time we had to shit, take the movie, movie away from Zack Snyder and it'll yeah. be good. That, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? All right. <laughs> well, let's just look at, you know, I, I hate to bring it back to like negative look shit. Look what happened. Yep. Yeah. Look what happened to Zack Snyder. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, his life is in turmoil right now with what's happened with his daughter. So. Yeah. And I could. Oh my god. That's rough. Yeah. I, I couldn't even but, fathom. I mean, like, I have a 13 year old at home, and I'm like, oh my god, if that, you know, in you yeah. know, a few years, if that's what happens to my kid, I, my my life yeah, would be I, crushed. Yep. So yep. I get. Yeah. It. There's no. I wouldn't even be able to like. I wouldn't function. Yeah. Joe, can you change yep. the music to not Pray to Chaos? What do you want? <laughs> I don't give a shit. Just something. I'm so glad I can't hear any of that music right. if you're playing yeah, that right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Joe's <laughs> going crazy over here. I liked Pray to Chaos, but yeah, it's, yeah. uh, you know, um, did you, what did you think about the fact that they just re-released the, uh, the Zayo, uh, the early album, they re-released, uh, All Else Failed yeah. and all that? Yeah, I was going to ask about that because that just popped up in Spotify. I'm so happy. The guy that does Steadfast, we're like, I'm friends with Matt that runs Steadfast Records. I'm so happy he finally did it. I'm just really bummed out that he did it now. And he did it saying it's 2017. And now it's like the top on Spotify. Like it like looks like it's our new record. Like, yeah, it's kind of shitty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wish he would have like maybe contacted us earlier and was like, hey, I want to I want to re-release this. Can we like work it out to where like it doesn't take over the like newest record spot? Right. Um, Spotify is the you know stuff. It's not just you guys. I mean, stuff is notorious for showing up in Spotify for like, oh yeah, this is a 2017 release. And you go back. No, no, no. This is from like 20 years ago. 95, like, 96. Yeah. Yeah. Like, relax. Relax. Well, yeah. okay. So I'll say this, and I don't know if that'll make it feel better or not. But like, obviously, as a Zale fan, I understand that like. Obviously, the well-intentioned virus is like ten times the record that All Else Failed was. Yeah, um, you know, I agree. But it's, it's not really fair either because, like, if you look at All Else Failed as like a Christian hardcore record from the mid '90s, yeah. obviously it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. but like, uh, dude, and it deserves it deserves people to hear it. I'm to- I'm all for it being on Spotify. I like I we still I talk we talked to Mick we talked to Roy, you know. I'm actually, I hang out with Jesse pretty regularly now. Like, he's actually coming up next weekend. We're going to go see the Neurosis Converge show. So yeah, that's oh, good. Badass. Nice. I, I like Jesse a lot. I don't know how hard it's going to be to, because I'd love to have him on for a discussion at some point. And, um, he, he, no, he's, I think he's be easy to talk. I mean, I think he'd be down. He, yeah. Yeah. He's totally different. Like, he's, he, and you know what? At the time, we were having so many issues. There was a lot of un, 
we unknown mental illness. Sure. You know, yeah. I think he was he was going through a lot of stuff that he never talked to us about. Right. And I think a lot of a lot of the drama and like a lot of the stuff that happened in the band was a, was one hundred percent because of like what he was going through, and it was he just never he was wasn't able to like verbalize it to us. He had a lot we of he had a lot of uh, a lot of issues that like you know again they weren't like forefront and like even I said it you know like on the DVD on the Zale episode I said that like even though he kind of came off a little rough mm-hmm. at times what he was actually saying wasn't really far off you know like it wasn't no. you know i didn't i yeah. didn't necessarily disagree with what he said it was the delivery mm-hmm. and i i would love to talk to him sometime about about some things cuz i you know I've, i haven't been i haven't been you know cryptic about the fact that he is still my favorite zayo drummer um which don't get me wrong i mean i love jeff i really you know like that dude well, was well i think you I know, know you love me. He's great. Not you. I, I can understand. <laughs> Not can you, understand. the other Jeff. Yeah. Oh, the other Jeff. Yeah. Okay. Like, for me, I think Jeff is technically... Uh, any, t- any way I say this is going to suck. So it's okay. Jeff's like Jeff's like a legitimately technically better drummer. Jesse would probably tell that. To oh, you. no, I Jesse agree. Jesse has you know? said it before. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, like, 100%. Jeff was like... He's, he, like, went to college for music. He's like a legit, insanely good, and his feel is really good. Jesse had one of the best feel drummer, like the way he played was, and he wasn't like super technically proficient, but his like his just his rhythm, man, his like way that he like his swing or whatever you want to call it as a drummer was just so good and it, it's a bummer that he doesn't really play drums anymore because i really think like he had naturally he just was natural at like just the way he would hit like just he was like one of those dudes like uh like a josh freeze or something where like he just had the fit the feel of of how to play yeah i and, mean i um, got lucky enough to see zeo with jesse one time it wasn't with <laughs> dan which was a bummer for That's me, bummer. but yeah, it yeah. really was. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I got to see that, and I still, I still saw that. You know, that that kind of like you were saying, like the feel and, yeah, and all just that. Has, and I, like, you know, man, he it. has such a such a good way of like how he hit. He like was a solid hitter, um, and he like he he knew how to like groove in a part. Oh yeah, real well. Yeah. That was you know in my I mean? question when you decided to bust our balls about our Zayo episode. <laughs> I was going to ask you: Is Jesse as naturally talented as the Lesser Lights of Heaven DVD would lead me to believe? I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think so. I think he's he's really. I, I think there was a, a lot of stuff about what people's perception of him is was a little off, like. Jesse was when like he didn't start really writing writing music until now nah, he did write some stuff on self-titled music like but like he was essentially well, I can tell that yeah <laughs> yeah you know what I mean like so I think it was pretty unfair when he left people would have for some reason think like oh well Zayo's weird because Jesse's gone or like or like even with Zayo Zayo's weird when Brett's gone like dude there's like there's a there's a cohesiveness to like Dan and Ross and me that I don't think 
whatever. Like, uh, yeah, I'm just going off on whatever. No, yeah, I get. No, 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 no. I want to. I want to bring it back Tangent to that. Though, because, incoming. No, no. I want to bring it back to that because I get it. Because for me, as a fan, it has essentially been the same. Yeah. Since really Liberace, has. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. You switched out Jesse for somebody else, like later on, but like. And, you know, even as a fan, I remember, like, reading, I was in high school, and I read, you know, like, the Jesse wasn't going to be a part of the band anymore. He's and, a like, young yeah, snapper over I, there. I struggled with that, but then I was like, well, you know what, the next record's going to probably be really great. And I remember, I remember being, like, so on board that, like, whenever there was, like, the vocalist switch, I was like, it's probably going to be okay. You know, <laughs> like, I remember, like, being, it's so funny, too, because I saw, I saw Zale with Josh. At the creepy okay. crawl at St. Louis in St. Louis, and uh, and I thought that was okay. You know, I didn't have any. You know, it wasn't a bad show or anything. But then uh, I went and saw like it was like, I guess it was like three months later after his funeral. God, and I had seen Zayo at Cornerstone uh, between those times, and okay. I, I remember I remember actually had a pretty lengthy conversation with Dan like before the show, and that was cool and uh, and all that. But like I, uh, whenever I saw Zayo with Dan. After Funeral God came out, I was like, "This is, this is fine." I like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally still on board. You know, I'm still totally like surprised at what I hear. Because like, I mean, even even back then, I think the biggest thing was like hearing Zayo with with like melodic vocals. You know, like on top mm-hmm. of it, and and I remember being thinking that was like a really big deal. Um, you know, like you said, you're like, oh, well, the funeral god wasn't my best vocal performance, but like at the time, because it was all that I had, I was like, oh. But then I listened to like the singing on like the later Zayo albums, and I was like, yeah, it's okay. Obviously, it's a lot better, but like, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, I didn't, I didn't care about that at the time. I mean, I mean, I we're not trying to sound like super fans or weirdos or whatever, but like, yes, we are. We loved the funeral god. <laughs> you realize, you Dan, know, when, when you say out. that, it alleviates the point, point. and it caused <laughs> it caused so much problem, so many problems with me at church. You know, because like I'd be like, oh, I'm listening to this Zayo album, and they're like, well, it's called The Funeral of God. I'm like, well, you know, it's an idea, it's not like a thing that actually is going to happen, you know, like it's just, it's just this idea of like it's just supposed to like make you think or whatever, you know, it's not like it's not some, it's not some like proclamation of like a worldview (laughs) or or something like that. And it was always really irritating to me that people didn't get that, you know, that like. You just have to take it for what it is. You can't just mm-hmm. say that, like... Yeah, and, like, dude, at the end of the record, it's pretty much, like... It, I mean, it, it's not... How do I explain? Like, it, it's, like, a bad thing that there is nothing there. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, like it's kind of sad. It has a moral message at yeah. the end of it. Yeah, like, you know, and uh, I got really behind that. And then what's really funny, though, is, like, when I heard the fear... I was like, this is more, this is more real, like even than what the funeral God was, you know, like, cause yeah. the funeral God was great, but it was like this big lofty concept, you know, mm-hmm. and, but like when, when the fear came out, I was like, this is, this is what Zayo actually is, you know, versus, yep. versus what this I, is, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Cause, cause I think a lot of Christian fans like really responded to the funeral God in a positive mm-hmm. way, you know, and thought that like. Okay, this is my this is my blood and fire era, Zayo again, mm-hmm. you know. 
but then you know like the fear comes out and you've got songs like Ch- you know chubby young blondes and uh yeah. uh uh hard not to shake with a gun in your mouth and stuff like and i remember like listening to that song especially that's that's probably my favorite track off of the fear is you mm-hmm. know because it's like so like what i was going through at that time you yeah. know of like i had people like pushing me to go into like past you know pastoral stuff and i was like mm-hmm. i don't think i'm a good fit for that you know <laughs> like yeah. and then being and like no, oh, you're not that's what you have to do and i was like well the bible says many are called but few are chosen you know <laughs> like you know yeah. um and i remember that record being like my shining example of like well you know i i'm still really fucked up i don't think i'm the person that you want to put <laughs> in front of somebody you know well dude those are the people though i think that really should be doing it people that don't want to do it you know, like people that like are apprehensive, just like our politicians. I think people should be like, eh, yeah, as I say, religion and politics. I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. Well, yeah, but the yeah, problem just, is, though, is you're not going to be recept. You know, you're not going to get the reception on that because, like, at that point, if you not choose necessarily, to, that's no, not, but that's like, not if true. you choose to be a pastor, that's your living, right? Like that becomes yeah. your that becomes your full time job. And like, I'm the guy that's like, you know, well, I listen to satanic music you know, on the regular, you know, more so Mm -hmm. than I listen to Christian music. And I don't always identify with people on the same level that I feel like a pastor should identify with people. I, 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 I disagree with you on that, Dan, because, uh, one of my best friends from high school, that's, he's a pastor now and he is everything that you're talking about right now. And that's great. But like, I was just worried about like way too concerned with financial stability that like it, it became kind of this like if i go off and be a pastor people are going to be like not into it because i did a i did a youth group a while back like i, I led a youth group <laughs> jesus and like when i first started i was like all right show of hands how many of you guys are you know like members on pornhub you know and they're like <laughs> me you know nobody was saying anything i'm like i've got my hand raised because i'm trying to be like real with everybody you know yeah. and like it's like the, you know and then you know they go home and they tell their parents and then their parents are talking to the lead pastor and the pastor's got to be like well you know dan's got a very different way of approaching things than everybody else you know and like it wasn't i didn't mean for it to be weird like my whole point was just that like i want you guys to i want to make sure that everybody in this group's being honest with everybody well, else, you yeah, know. Yeah, it was the same thing like, with him whenever I, I, like I said, all right, I bought Cold Chamber. Who else did? <laughs> People we, don't want to be. All did. They don't, they like, they like being, the, they want the comfortable, like easy answers. They don't want the, the dark underbelly. And that's why I think our band's been shit on in that scene because we point out some shitty stuff and, People don't want to hear about that stuff, you know. Dude, and then, look at like, xenophobe. I mean, how many fucking Christians flip shit over that? You know, yeah. even when it came out, they were like, "What do you mean? Does that mean they don't support Donald Trump?" You know, like it was like, "Well, that record came out a little bit, but that that song came out a little before that." But yeah, like, right, well, no, but that dude. I, I wish this I mean, was one, all. I know we're doing video right now, but I wish the the audio podcast portion was uh in video i I love to roll (laughs) your eyes there scott that was great (laughs) yeah people dude it's i i am absolutely perplexed at what's going on and yes that song i think what was released in 2015 but it was me and dan um you could see you could really see a shift of people you could really see those those type of people that like that worldview, that mindset, 
becoming a lot more accepted as it went on and on and on. And I think people were, there was this really scary backlash to like the liberal, like Obama supporting whatever, you know, even though like I'm pretty left and I didn't really support him either. Cause he was doing just as much horrible foreign policy as like any of the Republicans were doing, but nobody talked about it cause it was him. You can do a lot a lot of stuff when people are scared because when people are, when people are scared, they will not think rationally period. And makes me think of star Wars. Yeah, it really does. The emperor. Yeah. I mean, when France had terrorist attack after terrorist attack, and even though none of that, like, ISIS takes responsibility for anything because they want people to think they're way, way bigger than they are. That they're a legit organization, yeah. yeah. So anytime some idiot would get a knife and try to stab people or get a truck and try to run over people, they would claim it because it looks like they're way stronger, right? So, and dude, and this is the thing that I think is hilarious. Like, well, it works because people, I had a friend of mine yeah. who, who lived blocks from the Bataclan. Oh, man. And wow, his wife's from from norway they moved to norway like three months after the fact yeah i mean they they were gone yeah how can you you can't blame people they're scared my big argument to all of this stuff is like when they talk about like we have to ban muslims and like do they not realize there's like india has like how many millions (laughs) of muslims and they they don't do anything like it's not that it's like a totally different thing. And it's not even like I I've heard. And I think the argument can be made very easily that it's not even religious anymore. It's like totally political. And when you bomb countries for 15 years, you're going to get blowback from it. It's just going to happen. And dude, like when you look at two, like people like guys in Iraq where these, like the ISIS would come in and be t- like small, but they would be able to recruit because what else, what else are these people going to do? They go and like go to their families. Basically we're going to either kill your family or you're going to join us. And they pay, they pay well. And it's like, sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. You went, we went over there destroyed all their infrastructure. And these people have like nothing to turn to, you know, they, they have nowhere to go. So I, I mean, it dude, and we're just, I'm just an idiot that plays guitar. So it's not like I have any answers, but but you can do a lot of stuff with fear. And I really think, I mean, that when, when a guy, when some psychopath gets up on a microphone and says, I'm the only guy that can save you from this bad stuff. There's a lot of people that are going to buy into that kind of crap. And they did. Yeah. It doesn't matter which Sadly, country. It's yes. In. Yeah. yeah. You can look at it here in the U S or like you said, with, with ISIS. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, or, or if you go back decades ago and look at North Korea, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all the same. It's, a, it's it, all the same. Well, look, it's different sides of the same fucking coin. Yeah, I mean, that, it really many, is. How many attacks? Like, it's amazing to me. Like, you have a better chance of growing a shark on your asshole than getting attacked by anybody. Absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And dude, every, I think that's going to be ISIS. the lead into the show, Scott. Give <laughs> 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 a better chance of having a shark. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, dude, like 
we've had a couple attacks here and all of them were like homegrown. None of those people were like refugees or anything. They were all people that were American citizens and they were sympathetic. And then ISIS just claims it because why not? It makes them look stronger. They were and just then, like these extremist guys, they have a point and then they go off and do their own thing. And then yeah, it's claimed as, it. you know, oh yeah, we coordinated like, that shit. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's craziness. So, but yeah, so xenophobe, definitely like, that whole mentality, but do I mean a lot of that comes from like being in the in the world we were in? I mean, really like having our own friends that we've known, like some people that are on the Christian side of it, like totally disrespecting homosexuals. You know, pe- like I live in Western Human Pennsylvania, beings. like yeah. yeah, like I'm like thirty minutes, forty minutes outside of Pittsburgh. We're kind of in a suburb. I know a lot of racist people, a lot of them. Isn't and Pennsylvania like the hate state? Well, I don't it, know. It like, was when we were there. It really yeah. was. I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, we're we're not too far from here in Missouri. We're we're yeah. in uh, redneck capital too. That's do we people call where we're from Pennsylvania pretty much because we we're like it's really really like dude, I live three miles from a house that's painted like a. American flag, and it has a 13-foot Trump statue in front of it. Good God. It was on CNN. Oh, my God. Well, like, even when I was a cable guy, because I kind of thought after a while that, like, everybody kind of agreed with what I agreed with. And then, like, I'm going into these people's houses, and, like, I'm just the fucking cable guy. You don't have to tell me Mm -hmm. anything, you know. But, like, people would be all like, so did you go to that Trump rally? And I'm like, no, I, you know, I was working probably, you know. (laughs) And they're like, Mm -hmm. they're like, well, I'd rather vote for him than get that cunt into, you know, oh, and I'm just like, that's all I ever, that's all we heard here. Yeah. I'm just like, holy shit. Like, not only do you believe this, which is shocking enough that like, that's your only justification for it, but that you feel the need to tell a complete stranger I'm that, not, you know, I, I'm going to tell you that it's either uh Tweedledee or Tweedledum when it comes to those two. So well, my I, wife is so, my wife is so left that like, you know, she's, uh, you know, like even I feel I I seem like a conservative asshole in comparison. <laughs> like, yeah, but like, I, yeah, she's I'm, I'm the so, piece of shit conservative here. She's so left that like when I'm telling her this stuff that I've experienced at work every day, she like can't believe it. So like when the when the when the votes were coming in and we're watching the election online, she's absolutely just like losing her shit. Like, and because I she was like. She was like, well, nobody's going to actually vote for Trump. And I was like, well, uh, yeah, they uh, are. An, an, uncomfor- an, an uncomfortable a... amount of people are going to. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that means that it's going to actually happen. Yeah. There's so many silent voters for him that was oh, unbelievable. Dude. I love that stuff. Like, like Dan's like rolling his eyes over here. So we, we got to switch <laughs> something up because he's going to kill us. <laughs> well, we've been, we've been, we've been talking. You're lucky I've, I've let you go this long. We've been talking for three oh, hours and, uh, yeah, we have an hour of that is politics. I don't think we can post it. Uh, so it's yeah. one of those like, Oh, um, this will be the, 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 the hidden Scott episode. Some of the stuff uh, that we've been talking about. Yeah. Dude, dude, we no, just we, make it a, we make it a Patreon only. You pay three bucks. You get to hear the Scott <laughs> politics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, seriously, Scott, you've been, this has been we'll, amazing. We'll we've, send you, we've, we've, we'll send we've you a buck 50 it. for every, uh, you know, yeah, no <laughs> every, dude, yeah. every thing. Nice. Yeah. We don't, we don't make shit, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> nah, I know. Neither do we, man. I don't make it any, and it make nothing on our band either. So that's uh, that sucks though, because it really should be more than that. I'm not trying to 
trying to be a fan too much, but like it's one of those things dude, where dude, like straight up be a fan because I never understood. Stuff. I never understood why people didn't give Zayo the, like, and I get that there was like internal conflict. I get that uh-huh. there were shows canceled and feelings hurt and all that shit. But like, when it really comes down to it, you look at you look at a band that has created kind of a legacy, you know, like Neurosis did. I'm making mm-hmm. that comparison, yes. you know. Um, Neurosis stuff, and they deserve. I would. I think a band like that deserves everything. Well, you guys so. too, and I think. I think the worst part about Zayo really is the is the Christian origin or, or, or the origin. Christian origin. I think you're right. I feel like I feel like Zayo could have been so much bigger had it not had that stigma attached to it. Yeah. And Because um, I mean, we're still going to deal with it. Like no matter what we do. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're ne- we're never going to be looked at in in like just normal metal bands as they'll either not know who we are, which is fine, or if they do know, they're going to write us off because they think we're something we're not. Right. Well, like, like well-intentioned all, virus isn't a Christian album at, at all. all. Yeah. Like no, even like, close. Dude, like every like fear is really not awake. Is totally not. Well-intentioned virus is absolutely not. You Dude, know, like, hey, come on. Let's be honest. Even Liberate really isn't. No, Liberate's talking about. I mean, I don't. I don't think we've ever like Dan's just written stuff that comes from him. Like he's never written anything. So like, if he had like some beliefs, or if he talked, if he did talk about God in any way, it was always like his own like yearning or asking or like what want. Where is it? Where like you know even dude even now like even though i think he's lost a lot of his religious belief it's it's still like there's still bigger things like you still dude the fact that like we're hurtling through space <laughs> i mean dude like a million miles an up, hour yeah there's this like yeah, cosmic it, fear to it, it yeah look, dude you can't look up in the sky and look at the moon you know see the fact that like this is we have there there may not be an end to the universe how why do you need some anything like even more than that to be in awe every day sure you know what I yeah mean? So, so and i agree with that like and even but like even with like stuff like blood and fire because like mm-hmm. i experienced this playing christian hardcore back in the day like mm-hmm. even blood and fire you can say well they it was a christian album for that even I, even I felt pressure though to the whole. You have to make all of your lyrics fit into this box, yeah. Or nobody's gonna listen to you, you know. Like, yeah. and and that uh, that that's what makes me so sad about Blood and Fire. And like, I love Blood and Fire. I mean, it, clearly it's a rock solid thing. But like, uh-huh. um, it was one of those like I almost feel like the lyrics were. And I don't want to say they were forced or they were insincere. I believe everything that was said. But even if you look at those lyrics based on just their own value, it's still not the same as it was mm-hmm. with Splinter Shards or or All Else yeah. Failed. You know, it was a it was a totally different thing. And you know, um, I just think it's I think it's unfortunate. It it, it, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit that like people are always holding the band to that. You know, and even like when we did our Zao episode, I think I said was like. I was like, yeah, we're going to keep the Christian metal thing going. We're going to talk about Zayo. And, like, <laughs> I look back on that, and I was like, shit, you know, why the fuck did I say that? You know? Yeah, I but wish like, I was on that. Yeah. Yeah, that like, was that was, that well, was dude, pre-Jeff. Yeah. Isn't this crazy? Think about it this way. So we get so much crap, right? Under Oath isn't a Christian band anymore. Yeah, no. they get no crap. 
Yeah. They get no crap. They get they're playing in front of the biggest crowds I've ever seen. Yeah. Under Oath has zero original members at all. Right. And what? But but they still have Aaron. They have a pretty boy front, but they didn't for an album, you know. Yeah, they didn't for an album. So like, you know, that band never gets shit about anything. Like, and I'm glad they shouldn't. Norma Jean, Norma Jean isn't a Christian band really anymore, and that band has zero members from when they started. And you don't every every time you get an interview, every time they have like a new record come out, it never says, "Oh, this band." No original members, not Christian. Like, dude, nobody every time, holds every them inter- to the same no. like fucking set of standards that they hold Zayo to. It's like we are all every single time we do anything. It's all, like every interview we get. So what's it like not having you know starting over with all different people? And we're like, dude, we've been in the same band for fucking ten years. I, mean, I was going to say like, I wouldn't even think to ask that question even on this interview because I feel like Scott and Zayo, it's like a always been a thing almost you know like you've got those early records sure but like that's in my mind in my recent memory i can't think of a time where and i even said that on the zayo episode when they're like Mm. zayo has a really consistent scout sound and the first thing i said was it's scott you know like that was like literally my first yeah you know i i think i think we're gonna be on a fucking crusade now because we do not i mean we don't want that to happen. I mean, or not anymore, at least. I mean, I, I, I know it happens all the fucking time, but it's not yeah. it's not fair. No, it's not. Well, dude, I was like, I think about it, too. It drives me crazy. I joined in 98. I joined in like late 98. OK, Brett was in the band for less than a year. Right. And he's and still credited, and even we did it. And even he, we gave him way more credit than we should have, you know. And I, and I love him, and I'm glad. I'm, I, I want him to get every respect he deserves for being part of a record that was really important to some people. Like, we'll never take that away. But like, you, like people shouldn't be like, well, Zayo should have changed their name. Like, dude, he was <laughs> no. in the band for a year. Like, right. if you're gonna change the name, you change it. Jesse should have changed it. <laughs> well, they should have changed it before they did Blood and Fire. That's, That's what I mean. Like, yeah, don't yell at yeah. us. Because I have worked since 1998 to build this name to where it is now. So, or, and I mean, we've dropped, I think Funeral of God was our biggest selling record. So, like, we worked really hard up until that to, like, get the band the notoriety that we were, whatever. I mean, and we've, we're far from even how big we were then. Like we, you know, and that's fine. Like we're we're so happy to be doing it again. I don't care, but I I don't think it's fair. Like when we come out with stuff, just the the way people act and treat us and say things about how we're not this or that or like you're not this type of band. Like, dude, then i don't know what you want us to do like we're just trying to be honest and have fun yeah <laughs> go listen to whatever band is popular on solid state now like if that's what you're looking for you know yeah it's just it's it's crazy to be held to a standard that i don't think any of any of the band any of our peers were held to and like zaya was one of those bands too like we were playing with like nile in 1999 right nice it's, it's, that would have been fucking not, great oh see. man yeah, i wish like, i could have seen yeah. that we played. We did a show with Today is the Day was the headliner, Nile and us. Oh, we wow. did. We played. Oh, that's badass. 
we Should played be proud with of that. so yeah. many. Well, dude, yes. We played with Napalm Death. Oh hell we yeah! We played with, and the dude from Crow, Kirk from Crowbar was like their oh wow like like Ooh. tech or something. So I got to meet that dude. Uh huh. But he won't remember me at all. But like, <laughs> sorry. Right. We we've done so much outside of the Christian scene. I just it's amazing that we haven't got like dude, we we did we played a bunch of shows with Converge. We played shows with. Um, I mean, we played with Every Time I Die a bunch, Dillinger a lot, tons of bands that. I Pig mean, Destroyer. I did, remember you guys played oh, with Pig Destroyer yep. for a while. We played, like, Pig, yeah. we played with In Flames, Devil mm-hmm. Driver. Oh, yeah, you should yeah, you yeah. should listen to our In Flames episode. Don't listen to that episode. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a total dickhole. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, no. It, it, yeah, he has epic rants. We well, actually we both do, but yeah, I was really drunk. But yeah, like it's uh. But yeah, no, like it, that that's the annoying thing is that like the Christian fans are great to an as extent long as, you, as long as yeah, you're as still long as, you feed as long as you're still Christian, yeah, as long as you're still feeding the feeding the you yeah, know, as long yeah, as you're up for a double religion, award, yeah. they're happy. Yep. But yeah, you know, that's and just I think sucks. a lot of those people though that they're hypocrites. Sadly, yeah, that's sadly probably what uh, I mean, they might have left. Maybe that's then that's fine. Well, that's something that ties them to their faith, though. Yeah. Is the whole idea of, like, I'm going to rely on this other person, you know? And, dude, think about, like, we're a band. If you like us only because of, of that, why are you listening to us? What the right. hell are you doing? Yeah. Right. Like, like, agreed. If you don't like the music and you're just listening to it so you can hear Dan, like, verify your beliefs, like, what are you doing? Go to church then. Like, if you're a fan of our band and you're a fan of, like, us as people, like, wouldn't you kind of if i mean unless you think we suck now but no it's not that like you just that's definitely like, not i think the yeah. general consistency consensus consensus yeah. yeah you just think you were just mad because we're not talking about the stuff you want to hear and that's right well I, I i i have to i have to say one thing i after this discussion i feel like i'm i mean it's fucking cheesy but i feel like i i need to be on a crusade because you guys you rock well, you're metal. So, I mean, I feel like we, we need to it's be okay, able... buddy. Just say it. Yeah. I mean, like, like truthfully, like, I discovered you guys because of Brett. I'm not going to lie. I mean... That, totally that, fine. Yeah. Like, that's that's yeah. how I, that's how I knew about you guys. It's and bullshit, they, Jeff. Well, no. Yeah. That's... Let's... Let's rewind it here a bit. Yes. I knew about you guys because of Brett, and then I was reaffirmed because of Dan saying because of Brett. You don't mm-hmm. got a choice. You can't be my friend and not like Zoom. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was and that that's and that's what happened. But yeah, like I I I was a big tooth and nail and solid state guy to begin okay. with. Well, do you are you a Juliana Theory fan? Yeah, that's where it came okay. from. Are like, you I, happy that? Well, they're not touring now. They're like writing. A yeah, they, they did like what I, is it a twentieth anniversary tour or something or other that yeah, they're doing they, right now? They canceled it because they want to write a new record and then go out. And I'll listen do. to it. Yeah, but yeah. I've, I'm more of a. I like your guys' stuff because I feel like it's honest. I feel like it's it it's fortright. I mean, it's it's it it's in front. You know, uh, you you guys are putting out stuff that you guys believe in, and I don't always when I listen to to Christian music, I don't always believe everything they're saying. I, I know that's 
maybe I shouldn't say that, but I, I, I do feel that way. Like, I, I feel like sometimes that Christian bands... I could tell you some stories, man. Oh, I'm sure you could. From the road. Yeah, yeah but like, <laughs> the, the, there's a lot of hardcore Nazarenes in my family. And I feel like they do the things that they do, and music shows up the way that it does because that's what they think they're supposed to do instead of what they believe themselves. Yeah, and, I think there's a lot of that in the, in the scene. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I, Tim I, said it. There's, there's Tim, no uh, yeah, Lambesis. Is that we talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah he, there's he, no he belief. I mean, it's. It. I think it's straight up a fact. There's no belief. It's a straight up fact. Yeah. And, and I love the stuff that you guys put out, and I feel like we should. As cliche as it sounds, we should be on a crusade for you guys because we love your <laughs> well, shit. You don't think I am? Welcome to Dan Terry 2003. Yes, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, Dan's been on your on your boat for a long time, but I mean, truthfully, Scott, this has been probably the uh, most enjoyable interview that I've done. I feel like you've been incredibly honest. I mean, and I'm not trying to be a cheese baller or anything, but uh, like you I, are being, but that's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be. I just happen to come off that way. But this has been really enjoyable, and I, I, I believe in you. I believe in the stuff that you, you know, the, the things that you're yeah, saying. Yeah, like I'm not. Well, that's like, our whole thing is just being real. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I feel like you're a real person. I, I don't yeah, feel like you're just dude, being cliche. Like, yep. you're, you're, yeah. you're saying these things, and you're, and you're, you know, you're part of Zale because. Because you're you believe, you know, it's not just because you're just putting it out there to make a buck. It, it, yeah, because we're not making. It, it, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's what makes me love music. I I love music because of what you guys are doing, and, and that's what makes me, you know, you know, want to listen more. I, I mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, I can help you with that. Yeah, I'm sure you can, yeah. Dan. But <laughs> I, I guess like, dude, a lot of this. That record was like I was writing a lot of that stuff when Zaya wasn't really even active. I didn't even know if the band was going to exist. Really, like we were hoping, like nothing was ever weird, but we just didn't know. And I just like I, I would be writing it and playing it if we weren't. Like I would be very bummed out to not be able to share it with people, but I'd still be doing it. Yeah, you still be you doing it even I mean? if nobody. So this got was there. like this was close to becoming the Scott Mellinger experience. <laughs> like you know. Like, no, I would never. I would. I need Dan, man. I need Dan on that on the on board. <laughs> I need He's Dan great, too. man. I uh, big big fan of Dan's. Uh, it was really inspirational for me, especially as a kid in high school that was like starting to starting to He's sing. He's a young whippersnapper over starting there. Starting to sing in hardcore bands. It's like there's this guy that I really look up to that he's also Dan and he also screams, you know. So it was like really, uh, you know, as, as fundamentally dumb as that may sound, like it was really, uh, really huge for me. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's weird too because like when there was the vocalist switch where you guys had had uh, Josh on there for like five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I remember being like, "Oh well, that's okay because he sounds just like Dan." It's funny because then I saw the band with him, and then I saw the band with Dan, and I was like, "There's no fucking comparison." Like, yeah, I remember Dan, like, Dan's, well, yeah. Dan's like he's the real guy. He's the real fucking I mean? like, deal. Yeah, like so. As much as I, we love, like everybody that's ever been in the band, we all are friends. But, you know, that's, you know. that's pretty cool. I mean, you can't, we, we just did, a, like I said, we had talked about previously, we did a Pantera episode, like, mm-hmm. and obviously, like, so tongue in cheek. <laughs> well, yeah, we talk about friends. I'm like, that's like cool. Like, we talk about Daryl and Phil, they were not friends. 
Well, dude, like Vinnie Paul will not be in the same room with Anselmo. Still, dude, seriously, dude, Dimebag's family didn't let Phil come to the, dude, funeral, the funeral. You know, yeah. like yeah, like, holy shit, that speaks volumes. You know? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could be in the same room as Phil without physically accosting him because he's that. Dude, he'd beat my ass, but I would definitely oh, accost dude. him regardless. Dude, um, I'm six <laughs> one and 180 pounds, and I'd beat the shit out oh, of him. Oh no, I wouldn't win, but I would definitely still do the accosting. But uh, you know, <laughs> you know he yeah, might get like, a few licks on cool. me, but man, that that guy. I, I've said it before. I, I think Phil is the biggest dick in metal. I, I hate him. A dude that gets on stage and does white power and then says he was talking about white wine. Yeah, and then when you have like, Rob, and, and Rob came back and said, "Dude, you're full of shit." Yeah, and then he called out Rob. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Rob said bullshit. No, yeah. dude, he just well, said when it. we. Uh, dude, Rob just had a. He's in his fifties now, man. I he looks fucking great. I don't know if you guys yeah, are does, getting dude. this, but ever since we posted the Pantera episode, I've been getting literally hundreds of Pantera memes <laughs> sent to me <laughs> from since Panda. then because I was the hater. I was the one that was like, they're not that great, you oh, know. You, yeah. And uh, so I've been getting hundreds, and I guess the best one that I got. <laughs> Twitter has not been that cruel, but okay. I, uh, the best one that I got was. Uh, one that was like it showed the D and D dungeon master, and he's like, oh, I think I got. He's that like, one. all right, you've just played a show. What do you want to say at the end of the show? And Phil's standing <laughs> there, and he's like, he's like, I want to tell him thanks for coming out and having a great and have a great night. And then he rolls the dice, and it rolls into a one, and he's just like, white power. You know, like, it's literally like the worst possible fucking thing you could do at the end of a show. <laughs> Like, yeah, it goes guy, uh, that guy. You just finished yeah. uh, playing a show. How would you like to address the crowd? Oh, you got to pull up. Nice. I want to thank the crowd for coming out and telling them to have a good night. And he rolls a critical fail. White power. And yeah, it shows like, full and sound. Oh, my God. It's like total suicide for like whatever it is oh. you're doing. You know, the only thing worse than that is being like, we're a Christian band and we're here to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Satan like, is God. Satan. Yeah. But, I have uh, to take. My, you didn't please do it. Okay, I'm gonna. Holy crap, dude! It's, I didn't realize how late it it's was. Been yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, sorry, your dude. time. I'm sorry. Yeah, we can, we're, we can we can jet. That's, yeah, we're time totally suckers. Cool. Yeah. No, dude, it's I love doing these things. I just I have to wake up for work tomorrow. So. Shit. So I hear you, dude. I gotta be at work at five tomorrow. Yeah. So real quick, you. Scott, before you go, uh, give me shit for liking Steve Peck. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I can't like because. I'm honestly, I am so glad you like him. He's my favorite. I really am. What is it about? Okay, Sorry, I gotta go. I gotta like go. Him? Jesse is favorite, but yeah. Why do you? Why? What is it about Steve? Other is it just like his how solid he is? Solid as fuck. Yep. His timing is on point. The live shows that I can find where I've watched him play, he does not seem at all uncomfortable or out of place. No, he wasn't at all. Like I just, I think, I think. Let me see how to explain it. I've heard the demos that Jesse did. That I guess it was mm-hmm. you and Jesse and Corey Darst. Okay. And I and I I listened to him. Like, okay, so clearly a lot of the parts were written by Jesse. But now here's what it would be like if you gave those parts to a very solid drummer, like syncopated solid. The record was definitely fixed 
Sure. So sure. <laughs> but it's that's what you did. Like it's Pro Tools. Like everybody's gonna fix it. It doesn't matter even if it didn't need fixed. Right. I, like I, I thought he did a pretty good job. I liked a lot of the just what he did, like his raw stuff a little better because it felt more natural to me. Um but what where we wanted to go, Steve would tell you himself there's no way he could do what Jeff does. Well, Jeff's amazing. Like, I can't say that enough that, like, he really was what the band needed following Funeral God because I don't think Steve was on the same level as Jesse, and I definitely don't think he was on the same level as as Jeff. Not to say that he was a bad drummer, mm-hmm. but, like, <laughs> Joe's, worship, awesome. Joe's worship comes more from the fact that Joe's more of a rock guy. Oh, well, dude, and actually me, Dan, and Steve did, like, a rock band for a little while. So... I mean, he's he's he was a jazz drummer, Holy so shit. that's like kind of his his main like he's his forte is jazz more. Um, but no, he's dude, he's he can play to a click better than a lot of people that I've I've I played with. That. Yeah, he's really good with a click and he's really solid. Um, but yeah, like what. I think where we wanted to go, like, as extreme, and we're not even really compared to some bands, we're not even close to that extreme. But like, oh fuck that, it's pretty extreme, man. Like, yeah, it is. Even though the music, yeah, sure, I've heard heavier, I've heard Nile and shit, but like, mm-hmm. you know, um, as far as like the vocal, the vocal really carries the extremity more so than the music, I in my so. opinion. Because when people still hear Dan's voice, I still get that reaction in 2017 of like. Holy shit, what kind of razor blades is that dude swallowing? Yeah, well, dude, just we have we do we just finished it. I think it's going to be out in October. There were a couple songs that we had left over from the Well Intention Virus that are going to come out as an EP. Sweet, Ooh, sweet deal. We're there. And dude, Dan sounds vicious. Yeah, <laughs> he sounds nice. vicious it's as like fuck the on the new record. I mean, yeah, he does. I yeah, wasn't like, even prepared for that fully. Like, I was like. I kind of thought it was going to be more like Awake, which I'm not saying it didn't sound good on Awake, but Awake was like, Awake was more like the funeral of God to me, in that mm-hmm. it was more of like a, I won't say it was a rock record, but it had the verse, chorus, verse in places yeah, and stuff was, like that. And um, Yeah, I think that was, Awake was cool and we were really happy with it, but it definitely, it was like kind of starting over and and like easing ourselves into like getting back into it. I think now, like we really, I mean, there's an EP coming out where there's like 10 or 11 songs already for the next record. Like we're like, we're just, we're writing like crazy. This is all good news. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We're all excited. Yeah, Yeah, dude. It's, I mean, for the foreseeable future, I don't, we want to have like an EP and a record out like every two years. So, well, as but a I mean, fan, I, I you, know, you know I can't I can't complain about yeah. any of that. You know, I'm totally yeah, down. You know, yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, actually, uh, I, I know you got to go, Scott. We got to wrap this up, yeah, man. His late. phone's dying. We're fucking yeah. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll but, ask but, this question up. first. Is there anything you've said over the past four hours that you don't want me to publish? Oh no. All right, cool. That's all I need. I, a real, I, I live. I live and die by the word. He's a real now. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. What have you been listening to this week? Like, like, what's your Ooh. album of the week? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be new. Doesn't have to be hmm. heavy. Yeah. Just, what's your jam going on right now? All the new Arcade Fire stuff. 
Nice. Good deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. I totally I've been jamming fire. all the new Arcade Fire songs that they put up on YouTube, and I think I I think it comes the record comes out soon. So I'm really excited. Them and I listen to like this band Future Islands a lot. <laughs> and what's what's Future Island? I'm not familiar with them. It's kind of like a weird underground avant-garde 80s band <laughs> like it's yeah it's super like i grew up in the 80s so the 80s are my jam too. so I'm, I'm i'm down with it i i was born uh, yeah this- we like dude i listen to so much stuff like i i love everything like, I, I, I don't i do too good jira right is there are you are, What's you, that? are you a good jira fan gojira yeah. oh my god dude listen to haunting pools because i wanted to go i wanted to go into this yeah. like really long discussion that hope thankfully we didn't yeah but, but i was like i hear i hear amazing. gojira on the new zeo record well, okay, <laughs> let me let me rephrase i love gojira i love them but Ooh, i want to hear this i'm a big bigger morbid angel fan oh fuck yeah I, oh yeah i i think all gojira is even though i love them is a better recorded more listenable morbid angel like if you listen to like their older stuff like magma's kind of different though magma's like on a whole other level but like you know uh from mars to sirius like even La La enfant sauvage like there's so much morbid angel in that stuff like those riffs are so morbid angel to me, and I love it. I never but really the, thought I, about that, so that's yeah. gonna give me something to do yeah. to uh, yeah, shy away like, from whatever we're doing next yeah. week. Well, yeah, it takes okay, me a half hour drive home. I'm gonna be listening to Morbid Angel now because I'm a I'm a huge Duplantier uh, brother fans. Yeah, so if you listen, just here's what you're gonna do. You notice how like in Gojira they always have those riffs with like the super heavy crunchy stuff, and then they do that weird scrapey noise. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morbid Angel does that all the time, and they were doing it in like early '90s. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Interesting. Yeah. I've only got I've only got Altars of Madness and one or two other Morbid Angel records, but uh, oh, dude, Domination and Covenant are such good records. But like, what's the other one? Um, oh, I can't remember the one. It's it's the one that's like formulas fatal to the flesh i think that's it people hated that record i think it's awesome i yeah i love i love all that more angel stuff so well, i'm downloading i'm downloading it now so do it that's, it's uh, so good know. if you're yeah, a good for, yeah yeah formulas fatals to the flesh yeah. i think that's it such a good record this scott thanks for hanging out with us man yeah absolutely we had a blast probably the longest time yeah. we've ever talked to anybody yeah and we just yeah, had no, so I'm many sorry, we thoroughly man. appreciate no, it no we had so many questions and, and we just became just, a political yeah. podcast yay yeah. god i really hope you cut all that shit out but yeah like it's uh <laughs> no that's awesome man and uh we're it's something i say to everybody that we talk to um the door is kind of always open if if you ever want to talk about a band or, or talk about whatever you know we're always we're always down oh, we're dude. always available yeah you got dan I, you you're the one that texts me all the time right yeah dude or when you do text yeah text anytime man like yeah, i'm dude, literally sure. this is how like i met travis over the podcast and now we talk like every couple days yeah so. it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be boring shit like my kids and you know stuff like that but it's yeah especially fine. Yeah. he's about ready to have one to pop out yeah yeah, yeah dude, dude. So yeah, you'll yeah. Uh, you'll you'll be on, you'll definitely be on the list for like holy shit, I have a son because I've got two daughters, and nice. so the third one is actually a son, which I'm like yeah, and I have two sons, and I am not having a daughter, so I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, well, uh, of Dan. 
we have one. We haven't. I I think we're gonna just stick with one, man. I have a little girl. And I don't get a minute anymore. You know, this is the only <laughs> this is the only fun yeah. thing I do anymore, and uh, it totally. Based on what we talked about earlier, it's definitely a good thing that we do it. But yeah, like you know, um, mm-hmm. this is yeah. this, this was awesome, and we uh, yeah. And then it, you said you're going to be uh, heading to Nashville eventually. Yeah, hit us we'll up. We'll be there. Will- actually, I've actually uh, I've been putting a little bit of thought into possibly showing up for one of the Pittsburgh shows. I don't know, if Trav- mm-hmm. well, did Trav- I don't know if Travis told you, but like there was a while back when you guys were in Indianapolis. I think it was back in April. Oh yeah, and, uh, he, he was. In I was town. also in Indianapolis for a for a work business trip, and uh, <sighs> I was so pissed off because when I got back home, I got I started looking at Travis's Facebook, and he was like, "Yeah, we're here at like Kuma's Corner, hanging out and all, all this shit." And I was like. Dude, I was like five miles from there, and like I knew Travis. I was like, "Fuck, I could have just dropped by or something." You know, like it oh. would have been a thing. But like, yeah, I was like, "Fuck," you know, like that's terrible. That's dude. that's a that's a missed opportunity. But uh, well, we the next time we play, we're doing a little October run where it's like Richmond, Virginia. What? Where is it? Raleigh. North Carolina, then Harrisburg. I think Travis is coming to the Harrisburg show. Yeah, cool, Harrisburg cool. is the closest to us. So well, we were we'll, thinking we about. I was thinking up. about maybe doing a road trip or something because that's. I love that shit. I miss touring a little bit, not too okay. much. Yeah, I'm envious because sure I never know, got so. the tour. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll let you. I'll let you know definitely well in advance if that's right. happening. Cool. This has been episode 24 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please, send questions and comments to DanAndJoeShow at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. If you are an iTunes subscriber, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out and lets us know you're listening. Stitcher as well. Anywhere you listen to this podcast, thank you very much. And thank you, Scott, for the marathon conversation. We will see you in the future. Yeah, that dude's awesome. Inc- yeah, insane too. But yeah, yeah. Brandon's a great no, guy. As yeah, well. I got to. We hung out with him a little bit when we played Mesa with him. He yeah. Was, yeah, he's a super, super good dude too. Joe and I were actually going to dr- make the drive from St. Louis down there to see that show. And You're, that's nuts. It's nuts, but we it was one of those things where we were just like, fuck it, you know, we're, we'll just. I hadn't seen Zayo in a long time, and so it was one of those like, and I had just seen we'll American Standard, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get a little we'll bit get closer. closer than Mesa. Than Mesa. Yeah. How far are you? How are you? How far are you guys? You're in St. Louis. So how far? A 20 minutes south of St. Louis. Yeah. Okay. Because like I think we're gonna try to hit like Texas in the next little bit. We're gonna probably do a Nashville show next. Oh, Nashville's year. really uh, close. Yes. Yeah, Nashville's. So yeah. yeah, that's less so than that, five hours. Yeah. There you go. There you yeah. go. I'll Problem let you solved. guys know that yeah. for that. Yeah. Awesome! Can't give a ringing endorsement for playing in St. Louis. It's 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 a little rough. Yeah, you might get your shit stolen if you play here. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every time we played there, we played at Creepy Crawl. 
Nice. I don't know if we ever played anywhere else, but we played the creepy crawl, and it's like it was never bad. It was just it was rinking. It's a rinking coal in the wall. But well, I went and I saw that yeah. stuff. Yeah, because I guess both times I saw you was it was at the crawl. Um, yeah, I remember one time it was hot as balls. It's just oh, like yeah. almost the only thing I remember from that show. I don't remember the set or anything. I just remember like it was so hot. I was like. Yeah, I remember every time we playing us playing there, it's hot as fuck. Yes, 